Welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Red Octopus Cephala Podcast, part of the Inebriart Podcast Network. The only show where old is new, new is old, and so are we. <laughs> I am your host, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson, a.k.a. Steve of Destruction, though nobody calls me that. And with me, as always, are my carbon-based cohorts, Mr. Boss Rush Mode. Tatsumaki Zippity Kago! Okay, 8-Bit Alchemy. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. And Nintendo! 7.30? Oh boy, I gotta go. See you later, Bob. <laughs> and also with us today, uh, we have a very special guest. This is, uh, this is a guy we've been wanting to get on the show for a while, and we had a couple of different ideas for different topics. And uh, we finally uh, decided to go with this one, which I haven't mentioned yet, but let's mention Mr. Randy Carter from Swarm of Eyes. Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm sorry I don't have a wacky catchphrase like you guys. That's fine. That's fine. You can make one up right now. Just, oh, you just say the that. first thing that, that comes out of your butt right now. Just Right now. Put it out your poot. You, you guys know I had to poop. And... <laughs> Now you're gonna like embarrass you're, me? You're so flustered. You're, why are you so flustered? No, he's not. He's unflappable. He, no, he, un- he's flapped. He's good and flapped. It's the Look unflappable Randy Carter. Okay. I've never, yeah. I have never seen you that sh- that particular shade of pink before. All right. So you're here. Randy shook. You're here, Randy, yeah. because you are a huge fan of Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. That is correct. And all you listening audience, you obviously have clicked on the episode, so you know that we are talking about Weird Al Yankovic in this episode. And the reason for that is because why? Nintendo? I don't know why. I thought you were going to say, uh, well, because... <laughs> Wait, I don't even know why. What are we talking in this about? Month, why? Why, in this why month are we doing of, this episode? I don't know why. <laughs> in this month of July uh, 2019, we, this is actually the 30th anniversary of the Weird Al movie, UHF. Ugh. That's how it's pronounced. All right. Yeah, I remember now. We had this whole idea. We're like Randy Carter. And he likes Weird Al. Yeah, I remember. And Weird Al is coming on tour this month. That is very true. And uh, We're totally going to go see him later, too. Yeah, there's there's at least uh, three people in this room are going to that show. That's pretty cool. Uh, So, yeah. uh, The No Strings Attached Tour. That'll be awesome. Heck, yeah. Did you see that they have the uh, T-shirts for every city? No, I didn't. They have a yeah, limited edition shirt. They're super customized. Yeah, they're every really city has cool. their own shirt. They haven't released the ones for our area yet. I'm so excited. Oh, that's Def- awesome. Def- so that's like a, an insta purchase. Oh, so yeah. that means it's going to be like $48 per like classic tee. $30. 30 okay. Three well, zero. that's not bad. Nope. That's not bad. That's pretty good. <clears throat> that's pretty cheap good. As I mean, a of eyes shirt, but. Yeah. Or I mean, as comfortable. I think when I saw <laughs> Alice Cooper a couple of years ago, I think the cheapest tee was 40 bucks. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I did buy one, too. Oh, Alice Cooper. is saving for retirement. Yeah. Alice does not need to save. I mean, Alice is Alice. He can have my money. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, yeah. So, we, we figured that for this episode. Um, so, UHF came out in 1989. And so, he had five albums that were out up to that point. And with Randy here, there are five of us. So, we thought Huzzah! we would kind of go through each album one at a time and give our thoughts and talk about the track list. And, and you know, we're all really old, old school fans. Um well, for the most part, Boss Rush, obviously, you're a fan of Weird Al, but you kind of got into him a little bit later, I think, True, right? true, 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 yep. But, you know, so you've been, but he's been giving it the old college try, listening to some older stuff, and he, honestly, like, it's Your a Your mom pretty, went to college. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Wait, actually, she did That's such a not that bad of a burn. That's, 
That's actually like yeah. a, that's like an upgrade. It's, it's like an effect. The, well, such such are such <laughs> you know such are berm burns. Berm burns. They're not. They're you know they feel good sometimes. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know why. Moving. We see see Randy. We call him berm because he's boss rush mode. So if you take the R, you take the letters B R M berm. So sometimes you just shorten it to berm. Okay. That's, that's like, berm. Right. Yeah. So he's berm. That's fine. That's okay. fun. So we might we might call you RC, like All the right. cola, yeah. <laughs> or the transformer. Oh, or the, or the transformer. I mean, that is a good transformer to be named after. I mean, she had Princess Leia hair. Okay. <laughs> That's. I mean, you love Princess Leia. Who does not love Princess Leia? <clears throat> Specifically, Princess Leia in the first half of the original Star Wars movie, where she had no bra on the whole time. I mean, especially that solid, so, right? You solid know what I mean? part of the movie. When she walks away after she says, "Get this walking carpet out of my way," and they're just. They're just there. They're they speaking are. to me, uh, and yeah, there no. they are. I'm yes. really, I'm really reading into you know the whole scene here. Her brother really enjoyed that scene as well. I, I think. <laughs> I mean, you got to learn to kiss somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into the the discussion of our our, our our love for the weird one, what I wanted to do was uh, let you like talk about your band. So so Randy is from the band Swarm of Eyes. They're a New Hampshire slash Massachusetts area, New England. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to label you guys because I, I think that labeling genres for bands is like a risky business. And um, I think we might all have a different <laughs> thought of like what maybe you guys are but let me let me let you do that so um talk about your band man absolutely so i've been in band since the early 90s and most of the guys uh, in my band uh, had been in other bands our bands had played together and everybody grows up and life goes on and music isn't really going to be your career at some point you know you the, the families my drummer has three kids and you know everybody has jobs and lives sure and yeah. we kind of all just fallen back into you know life and at some point we just all started getting in touch with each other we never played in bands together but we were like wait a minute none of us are in bands right now why right. aren't we doing something right. together why aren't we doing something and this has turned into one of those you know, we're all in our 40s. It was like, I wish we all knew each other when we were in our 20s when we started. Because it's just the easiest band to, to be in. There's no drama. There's no nothing. Just everything works amazing. Everybody has their own role. Then they've taken it on. And we just, uh, and as far as styles, labeling, and genres, we all come from different backgrounds. My bass player listened to, to things like Animals, Animals as Leaders and August Burns Red. My drummer is huge. Corn um, and... Uh, Fade No More. Okay. Know. And then, and, and my guitar player, Derek, he's huge into everything from Morbid Angel to Decapitated and Meshuga. And then you've got George and I, the ones who started the band and named it and wrote the first album. We're old school thrash farts, you know? <laughs> thrash farts! Thrash farts! Maybe that's what you are, <laughs> thrash fart metal. I mean, I mean, you guys are definitely metal. That should be your record label. We should thrash probably put fart that records. out there. We're metal. We're, you're definitely metal. Definitely metal. It's just yes. like there are so many different, you know, every band, I think, comes up with their own fake subgenre. They do. And we honestly just settled on We're a bubblegum power slop. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like a, a reverse lottery where they'll pick like six like, subgenre names, but they hope no one else has that exact combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if someone was to say to me, what genre of metal do you guys play? What, what do you guys consider yourselves? I leave that to other people. You come see us and tell us what we sound like, because I honestly right. don't know. If I was to sit, point out a band that somebody had to say, compare yourselves to, I would say Older Sepultura. Okay. That's, that's what I would say. Okay. I mean, you could definitely hear it, I think, in my vocals and older stuff that it was more like Max. My newer stuff's got a little bit heavier, I think, 
spin to it a little more death metal, but yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. So let's play a game. Let's like all say like what we think we would consider the genre of Swarm of Eyes. All right, Nintendo, go. All right, uh, Death Groove. Death Groove. Okay, Boss Rush. Death Metal. Just plain and simple. Thrash Death. You know, I was actually going to say Thrash Death. Well, I think because there is definitely like you know, I'll, I'll say you know what I'll, to make it different. I'll say Groovy Thrash Death. Because you guys do have that groove yeah, in a yeah, lot of tunes yeah. and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. I You're mean, groovy. So we, we are actually fans of you guys. Obviously, that's how we met. And yeah. just as fans. and Love seeing uh, you guys at the show. Yeah. And so we've seen you lots of times and everything and um, over the last few years. And, and, you know, these guys are great. Like, they, there's, there's such energy. And they, they always do a great job with their songs and everything like that. And, and the, but they're always smiling. Especially <laughs> right. this guy right here. Just like, a nice bunch of the happiest. So can ever. I tell a funny story about yeah. that? Sure, when I was right. in my first band in the nineties, we played a show. It was a death metal show. Like my old band was a thrash death metal, but we were not even heavy enough for the show. I mean, okay. it was like, you know, internal bleeding was on it and they weren't even heavy enough for some of these bands. And afterwards the promoter, whose name was Damien, of course it was. Of course it this was. This is at the Causeway in Boston. It was right across <laughs> from the old Boston garden. And I didn't have a goatee or anything. And this is in the nineties. I was younger. The after so the you show. Had a mullet. So what's that? So yeah. you had a mullet. No, I had long hair, but I didn't have my Van Dyke. Yeah, in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Business up front party in the back, yeah. Randy. So, so the, the promoter actually went to my guitar player afterwards and said, you guys are really good, but you need to fire your lead vocalist. And my guitar player, Jim Ash, uh, said, why would I do that? And he says, well, he's too pretty. He needs to grow a beard or you need to fire him and get someone else. Because he's too fucking happy. He's too happy. You're not supposed to smile. No, You're playing said, death metal. He said he's smiling the whole time up there and having fun. <laughs> Just happy fuck and up here. And he was here. dead serious. He was not even joking. So that was, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thrash thank, death groove. It's a lot. That, that never changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of appearances, you know, in, in, in showbiz and in metal. So, you know, right on for being happy up there. Yeah. Smiling. It's a good time. Well, I mean, you know who else smiles all the time? Is right Mr. Themgoroth from... I'm on a Marth. Oh yeah, he is, he is a, a happy fucking happy band guy. Live now. I mean, he's not happy in like the official band photos, but if you've ever seen them, he's like he's having a great time. Is he because he's, he's drinking out of his horn? Right, I mean, yeah. metal. Right, exactly. So maybe no, he's, he's just happy. Genre. He's drunk. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. he's happy that he's like the biggest man that exists. <laughs> Definitely the biggest man in that venue, whatever venue he happens to be, and he's so giant, and he's he's just so fucking happy. Like you he put him and Doyle smiles. next to each other, who's bigger? What's that? If you put him and Doyle next to each other, who's bigger? No, no, I mean he's taller. Oh, okay. Themgoroth is mu- definitely taller. But Doyle Doyle's has, Doyle has foot tall boots. Yeah, I was gonna say you, he's shorter than you think he is. But yeah, but I mean like, he, he's like uh, uh, he's a specimen. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. But he's, a, he's, he's, he's an a absolute unit. He's a hunk. Yeah, <laughs> he's an absolute <laughs> unit. So um, you guys definitely have a, a decent play schedule. You guys are you know playing shows once or twice a month. But we were talking off mic, Mike, and you don't have anything lined up for the summer past I, June? I don't. It, we don't. Because this be- episode's airing. This, today's the 9th. Right. Of July. Yep. And we just, the guys asked for July and August off. So okay. my plan is, so I tr- I, I, I'm the lead vocalist, but I'm also like the business manager and booking and do everything for it. Basically, I like to control You're the everything. PR guy, too. Let's yep. be real. I am. And um, we also have a PR person I work with, Lana Cooper, who we just had a great Lana Fest for her to celebrate when she was up here in Massachusetts visiting. But well, that was uh, that was in June. That went wonderful. Shout out to Lana Cooper. Lana Cooper, um, who will definitely listen to this. 
So I had to sneak that in. Awesome. But, but I do a lot of PR I mean, you can work. name drop anybody you want. I mean, Excellent. who are, Shout out to my cat, Mr. Boots. <laughs> I was thinking of my pal, Tom Mariah from Slayer. Oh, your buddy? Your buddy Tom? He just, doesn't, he just doesn't know Tom. me. He doesn't know it yet, but we're going to be pals. <laughs> um, they're pal. retired. He doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> so the the... Guys just ask for the summer off. They So I'm looking at September, October. That's where it really starts to build up. Summer season as well as just, it's not a lot of tours and shows. People don't go out to shows. It's too nice. People are away for the weekends and they're at the beach and it's just summer's tough. So it's right. a perfect time to, to take off. Probably just use any time we have practicing to continue to write for our next EP. Perfect. And cool. during the summer while the rest of the band is on, on their sabbatical, Randy's going to go off uh, to Siberia to... You know, do his solo, you know, pan flute, you know, trance music. Is, is that is that your plan? Is he right? Is he does he have insider information? Does Boss Rush know? Oh, was I allowed to say that? Oh, I'm sorry, man. <clears throat> He's on drugs, and I've never told him that. But it's wait, wait. But you I'm didn't not deny denying it, though. It. That was I'm not, not denying. That, it. that was not, not a, a no. That was not a no. <laughs> you just said he's on drugs, and I've never told him that. That Siberian so, so you are doing flute. a pan flute tour in Siberia. Okay, Captain Pedantic, that's true. <laughs> um, we are working on something for August that I can't talk about yet, but we okay. might have a pretty big show at the end of August opening up for a big tour. Um, we've asked to been asked to open for up a metal fest in Providence as well in September. We're just not sure. Providence Metal Fest. So we, we're not sure if we're going to take that yet. So. Okay, so cool. cool. Uh, keep keep yeah. our, our Just, ears, uh, keep our eyes and ears. Go to keep our butts to the grindstone, and we'll see and yeah. see what happens. Keep us on Facebook. You can see any upcoming shows or on swarmofeyes.com. Feel free to visit the site. Yeah, so definitely definitely uh, go out there and listen to these guys. You can and uh, actually, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you you talk about your EP first. Let's do that. So your most recent release. Talk about your t- you have two releases. We do we do we have an album that we put out. I mentioned George, my guitar player, George O'Connor. Him and I got together, longtime friends since early. 90s uh, our old bands used to play shows together all the time and that's where this started um we just said why aren't we doing a band together let's like we've always he always used to jump up on stage also with me. shout out for uh george who also does uh homeless comics yes he does so uh check out his stuff check i out actually homeless created comics. their homeless comics logo for them oh boo well any homeless comic that you pick up you'll be sure to see me in there because i make sure he gives me credit for something that small <laughs> there you go insignificant <laughs> um but yeah so georgian o'connor he's a, a renaissance man whether it's doing his punk band doing his metal band doing comic books you know being a super dad as well um so he he's a, all the comic cons um, sometimes we can't play shows because he's at the Comic Cons, but that's—I mean—that's fine. So <laughs> it's fine. You know, that's, I'm not even mad. I'm not even I, fine. You know, we were supposed to play, you know, a show of Metal Fest with uh, Shadows Fall a couple of years ago, but ah, was, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. So, you do your your funny books. <laughs> the, sh- the, sh- the short version is: we put out an album. Him and I got together and we wrote an album. It was 14 songs. It's called Designing the Dystopia, and we put that out. And we really did. Um, we got the rest of the guys in the band. They all learned the songs. We started playing live. And we eventually decided that we weren't going to follow that up with any more full albums at this point. The world of music doesn't, isn't moving in that direction. We felt that if we could just put out a series of EPs, maybe eventually put them all together, but sure. anywhere from three to five to six songs. So, you know, some years after the follow-up, really playing a lot of shows, backing it, selling a bunch. We sold out a few times. We had to get it reprinted three times. And we, um, we decided to make our first EP which grew a little in size, was only supposed to be four songs, but we ended up throwing a couple of covers that we pretty much standard. We always throw one in our set or two, some punk songs. And we re-recorded an original song from the first album um, just because it got such a better 
thrash death groove to it over the years of playing it live. So that was seven songs. That album is called We Go to War with the Weapons We Have. And that EP came out in 2017. So we've been playing, supporting that for a couple of years. And that is, I mean, for an EP, quote unquote EP, I don't know, I don't even know if 12, if seven songs constitutes an EP because that's... It's generous. That's generous. Yeah. I mean, there were there were LPs that came out in the 80s that had like eight. seven, eight songs, yeah. you know, like... Uh, Rain and like, Blood, it might have a lot of songs, but it's 24 minutes long. Oh, right? yes, yes. Yeah. Slayer, yeah, yeah. Slayer, Rain and Blood. So, yeah, we're, we've got three new songs that we play a couple of them live and we're writing a couple of more they're all in process to hopefully go in the studio uh, next year and record another ep and we'll probably record three or four two or three four eps whatever it is then put them all out with any bonus material yeah and as well that's a great idea yeah long term later and then later you can uh, pull the best songs from them even if you don't you know do everything you ever put out you know you get to cherry pick and then even if you put on like two new songs on that that collected it's it's a new package everybody's gonna want it so that's i mean that that does make a lot of sense that's really cool so before we go any further i would like to play you guys out there some swarm of eyes so this song randy gave me earlier so this is actually from the ep we go to war with the weapons we have and the song is called cursed in blood Story. The nice shouty chorus in there, feel a little old school. Yeah. We usually try to play that live as our opener song. It's got a good breakdown in the bridge, so it, it really has a yeah, lot. Of, one, of, one of my favorites. Oh, it's it's sure. a really good, really good riff, and it always gets you psyched immediately, which is yep. which is fun. Cool. Yeah, Thank cool. you for playing it. Yeah, no problem. And if you guys like what you heard, definitely go to swarmofeyes.com. Or you can, all, you know, you can buy. They they can now correct me if I'm wrong. They can buy physical media. Correct. We on swarmofeyes.com. Yep. So that's the only place you can go, unless they come see you live. Yep. And then other than that, they could get your you digitally on iTunes or Bandcamp. Correct. Correct. Awesome. The real question is when you're going to start printing cassettes. <laughs> 
that is the trendy thing. High on Fire just put out uh, the one of their older albums on cassette. Um, yeah, I would Glory say Hammer's new album. I would say as soon as people start buying more CDs, I can afford to put out Fair. cassettes. Fair point. Go buy CDs. You hear that, guys? So if you want your cassette tapes, go out and buy the damn CD. Right. My question is, when is the Braille version coming out? The Braille version. <laughs> you can read music, sheet music, maybe. Every time, every time Berm says something weird, Randy just like hits a wall. He doesn't. <laughs> he has. He has no coping mechanism. For, I'm trying to see how Berm's far he shit. can roll his eyes back. To, to be honest, I'm trying to figure out how much I can really jump into these conversations, or should I? Because this could go on forever if I keep jumping in. It's true. It's true. You are a talker. I was going to say that you need to. How about starting? Says a the guy who's Ho- me. Holy Braille. Like that could be a song for bl- a band for blind people. Holy <laughs> Braille. The Holy Braille. The Holy Braille. <laughs> <laughs> It does sound like it should probably be a Were they going to have gremlins singing on that? Was that what it was? That was <laughs> no, that was, that was a boss. Hey, that, that that's was a why you play bass. <laughs> that was definitely a boss. Um, awesome. So, cool. Swarm of Eyes. You guys kick ass. And uh, if you guys stay to the end of the show, I'm definitely going to actually play one more song in, a, in its entirety after we're done. So, stick around for that. Should be very cool. Um, let's, let's get on to our discussion on the weird one. What do you guys say? I'm Let's, in. Do Let's, Let's do it. Let's talk weird. Why we're here? Give me okay. five more minutes. <laughs> yeah, are you guys ready to rock? <laughs> no, give us five more minutes. <laughs> Alfred Matthew Yankovic, born October twenty third, nineteen fifty nine. He's actually almost sixty. You guys, like, that is he's going to be sixty That's next nuts. year. What? Absolutely insane. Crazy. He's born in California, and uh, he's a cool dude. Straight he has been, I don't know if you guys know this, he's been nominated 16 times for Grammys. He's because well, there's nuts. nobody else ever in the category. To fill that category, right? <laughs> you know what? We don't need that friggin' caveat. We don't need that right? negativity, Randy. All right? <laughs> so like what I heard is he's unique and he has his own category because he's that damn good. That's what I heard. That's that's what you should have heard. Yes, that's he's, what I was trying to get across. He's uh, he's won five, and uh, I'm gonna just real quick run down the list of the wins, not the nominations. Uh, in '84, he won Best Comedy Recording for "Eat It," uh, the song. Uh, in 1988, Best Concept Music Video for "I'm Fat." 2003, Best Comedy Album "Poodle Hat." 2014, Best Comedy Album "Mandatory Fun." And 2018, he won Best Boxed or lim- Special Limited Edition Package for the Squeeze Box, the complete works of Weird Al Yankovic. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's amazing. Cool. Way to go, man. And I think Congrats. what we'll do Ow. is we'll go through his first five albums and uh, and just kind of share some general thoughts. And uh, and we'll I'm, I'm going to start with the first one. I'll take that. And uh, just uh, go down the track listing and you guys jump in anywhere you want to jump in because obviously not all these songs are going to mean something to us, but we are all kind of like big fans. So, you know, we, we've heard like a lot of these deep cuts before and it was really fun, like kind of re-listening to these albums for this episode, doing the, the research part of it. Um, at least for me, it was. I, I really enjoyed listening to a lot of stuff I haven't heard in so long. And some of them, some of these songs, like I did remember once I started listening to it, but based on the title, it's like, oh, what's that one? I don't remember it. And it's like, oh my God, I remember this. So this means something. This that is was important. really cool. This is but important. I will say that back in the day, Nintendo and I, this was basically our music. Yes. 
Yep. I mean, we, we got all into... all we listened to was Weird Al. Yeah, we got into metal, but like before that, we just listened to Weird Al constantly. So um, we were pretty big fans. But so his first album uh, is simply called Weird Al Yankovic, and it came out in 1983. And a lot of these songs were songs he wrote and performed on the Dr. Demento show. And uh, the track listing goes as follows. The first song and the first album is actually Ricky, which is a parody of of, of Mick, uh, Mickey, Mickey by yep. Tony Basil. Uh, then he has uh, his first original song, uh, Got a Boogie, Love which is one of those funny song. songs. Love this fucking it's song. It's so funny, you know, it, and it starts out for so long, you, you just think he's talking about the dance. He's got a boogie, and then, of course, he goes, I got, got a boogie, boogie on my finger, finger and I can't shake, shake it off. off. The whole thing is just having a, you know, he's at a party and he has a, also, my a favorite booger part on his finger. Is at the end when he's like, you want a boogie? And the lady's like, get that get boogie, boogie out, out of my, my face. <laughs> It's so, like, so funny so, so funny like he's uh, just like waving it at this lady's face like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so then he goes i love rocky road which is of course a parody of joan jett's i love rock and roll uh-huh. he has the buckingham blues uh well, happy uh, birthday uh, uh, oh. yeah that's i love rock not, and roll that's, that's actually not... a song by the arrows oh yeah. okay yeah. so she covered it she covered it yes. oh gotcha gotcha Thank you. See, I'm glad. I'm glad. He's already earned his keep, folks. There you go. Randy <laughs> Carter. Randy fucking Carter. Randy fucking Carter. Hey, fucking I say we let him go. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, then we have Happy Birthday, which is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. It's an original song. Uh, it stop. It's a, the style parody of Tony OK, but I don't know who that is. So, Tony? Okay. The artist Tony OK, I, l- I only learned this this week. Uh, that is his stage name, his actual name is are you guys ready for this whoa that's weird <gasps> gasp it's steven krikorian which is my actual name that's weird that as is shit weird. holy he shit. edited the wikipedia that's not his it's, name <laughs> oh no you're right it doesn't i don't even you. got the passwords edited by steve van sampson <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> <laughs> um There's steve van sampson now moving right along uh so the next song is stop dragging my car around instead of stop, stop dragging my heart around uh, my bologna the checks in the mail another one rides the bus which i know is actually the first song he ever wrote and yeah. performed on a uh, on the Dr. Mm-hmm. Demento show, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing there is footage mm-hmm. out there where his still to this day his drummer is uh, John Bermuda Schwartz, and uh, he didn't have a drum kit. He actually came on and drummed on Al's accordion case. Right, with his I remember hand. seeing and that footage. And met him in the green room. <clears throat> oh. They didn't know each other. They, oh, really? They didn't know each other at that performance. It, he ended up. Joining his band and meeting him at that Dr. Demento show performance, playing the drums on the accordion case, and has been with him ever since. It's amazing. So awesome. That's amazing. Crazy. Fast it's Destiny. Friends. It's awesome. It's the best. I mean, he's like never changed members, right? Like, as people have joined his band, which happened pretty quickly. His core members have been the same ever since. Yeah. yeah. Why would you leave? It's the best right. gig it's the ever. Best it's the best gig ever. Gig ever. Right. You can play every kind of music. Yep. Have a good time. Like, whatever. Steve J. And who, who else is there? Uh, do you remember Joe? Al. Anyway. Here. I think, I think there. yeah, Al was a singer, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I've heard about Just that. Just vocals, I think. I think so. So Jim uh, West is guitar. Oh, yeah, Jim oh, West. Jim West, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Um, okay, so uh, that's another one rides the bus. There's also I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead, another one of my favorite songs. I'll be mellow when I'm dead. Yep. I'll be mellow when I'm dead. I'll be mellow when I'm dead. I'll be mellow when I'm dead. I love that bass line. It's so fun. It's What's that like, song called again? I'll be mellow when I'm dead. <laughs> yes. Okay. We go to war with it. Might have missed it. <laughs> then there's uh, Such a Groovy Guy and Mr. Frump in 
the Iron Lung, which is, you know, pretty much the darkest Weird Al song that ever has existed, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, very, it's very, very creepy, yeah. very weird, Silent Hill type creepy vibe. Like, what is this? It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> About like basically right. a guy who has no friends who finds a guy in the hospital who is, uh, you know, can't communicate because he's just laying there in his iron lung. And, you know, this guy's talking about his best friend. He's 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 the best. He never talks back. He never disagrees. Uh, and then he does. He just bobs his head in Morse code, or am I thinking of something else? Um, uh, probably something else, but I mean, uh, those aren't in the the lyrics. Maybe that was in the, like the liner notes. Oh, of the, that was in the Braille version. I'm sorry, the Braille version. All right, yes, Holy Braille. Um, so Weird Al Yankovic, 1983. What do you guys think? Do you guys remember this album? Do you guys have any favorite songs, or what do you think? I remember it because I listened to the Doctor Demento show back then. That's when I. Oh, started. you did. Probably oh, about awesome. 83. I probably picked up about 83. Um, I used to go to, my mother got remarried. My stepfather used to go to his brother, his brother's house and they had a pool and everybody would go there. And he used to pop it on the radio on Sunday nights. I think Westwood One Radio Network, whatever was channel in Boston area was picking it up. And I was just enamored by this channel, like this goofy voice of Dr. Demento. And he started playing Weird Al songs. And my stepfather loved it. And he ended up buying the actual record album. Nice. When it came out. So we used to listen to it all the time. Um, so that's that's my memories of it, is really being introduced to Dr. Demento and Weird Al in 83 when that album came nice. out. Nice. I think that, awesome. that is awesome because none of us had that experience. I, I actually right. never got to hear that show. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard, heard the show. It was, it, we, I used to take my cassette tapes and record it. Nice. You know, oh, and, yeah. and then filter out later any songs I didn't like and, you know, you'd... Yeah, make your own custom make, mix. Yeah, own your own custom mix of Dr. Demento songs. Yeah, dude, freaking mixtapes are the best. So not only that, but also after Dr. Demento Storm got over, ice. that show was on 8 to 10, the Dr. Ruth show would be on 10 to 12, and I learned a lot. <laughs> I mean, be honest. Just... It, was, it was, she would say penis and stuff. It was weird. And you're, you're like, like I have I one 12. of those. I was 12. She's like, saying the word that of the thing that I have. Radio. Sometimes yeah. she talks about hands. That's why well. I have this like thing for girls with a German accent like that. Oh. Just, just <laughs> things just got sexy. You, man. Just Ooh, got sexy? No, oh, it's uh, Retro Redoctopus After Dark. That's uh, oh, yeah. what we're doing right here. Sorry to uh, take over, but that was my memory. So. <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. That's not taking that's over, man. That's what you're here for. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really great. Um, any songs that stand up for you like today? Like, do you remember liking, or I don't know if you heard the album again recently, like, or not, but I hadn't had, I hadn't heard this one in years. Actually, this one is the one I always kind of, uh, felt like I didn't like that. Much. I didn't. I, I, so that's actually, what I was trying to figure out how to say that as eloquently, as eloquently as possible. It was a novelty and they were interesting because of the parodies that he did, but it didn't stand the test of time for me and isn't really a really re-listenable album. I think yeah. it was a good way to start. It was very interesting, but it's it, not the bottom of my list, but that would be Polka Party. But it's, it's close. See, I always thought that, and I actually really enjoyed listening to it this time. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a it's fun funny. listen. It was yeah, never on my like top Al albums. But Me neither. I, I still really like My Bologna. It's super funny. Like It's so stupid, but it's also perfectly Al because it's like you know the start of him being like associated with food shit all the time. And it's like yeah. he's, he's, it's the food guy, guy. he's the guy who talks about right. food. And I don't know. It's, it's a funny parody. But yeah, I do love Gotta Boogie. It's just a very funny original. But um, definitely not like his strongest work or anything. But... It's still a fun listen, um, and it's it's very weird, very experimental, like with um, you know Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a fun album. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that it's 
he's done so much material since oh, it's yeah. harder for it to stand out but at the time it was like groundbreaking it was crazy sure. everybody right. started copying him right right he created a, like a, a concept just from this album like the the idea yeah. i mean he was big on people like spike jones and stuff like that and um uh, other artists but he really created a whole different tangent uh, mm-hmm. off of that whole different genre from right and there there are you know some firsts that he kind of you know kept doing uh for sure one of the big things was you know he he i mentioned the song happy birthday which is one of my favorite songs and um it's it's like he's done a lot of different songs over the years of it seems like it's this innocent thing like he's just singing a song about like birthdays and then it ends up being like the darkest, most awful thing ever. And he just, you know, goes off the deep end with all these terrible things and the world's going to blow up and we're all going to die. Happy birthday. You know, it's right. just, uh, it's, it's just that it's dichotomy, that juxtaposition yeah. of, of the two ends of the spectrum. And I, I love that. I love when he did, when he does that, but this is the first song, at least chronologically. I don't know if he wrote another one first, but where he did that. He, he's, it's it's funny because his songs are so up tempo. You start to realize when you look over his whole catalog how dark the stuff really can be in there. Sure, mm-hmm. it's it's there's a secret underlying Weird Al that's dark there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, we were talking about this the other day. We we're like texting each other, like just never realized how dark his stuff actually is until yeah. later on in life. Right, like, like Mister Frump his Iron Long in the Iron Long is like. The guy freaking dies at the end. Right. And he's like, like what? You know, gets the final final words from, from Mr. Frump. And, and when I was growing up, like, I always just thought Weird Al was funny and goofy and whatever. Like, it kind of just went over my head because I was so young listening to, you know, those albums. And going back now, really hearing it, it's like, man, this totally has that that dichotomy of, like, super happy sounding music and, like, kind of really dark satire yeah. commentary on the world and stuff. And it's just like, it's... It's just awesome. Yeah, he's I not love like that. pure wholesome. And you know what it sort of yeah. reminds me of a little tiny bit? Like the original Muppet Show. Because the Muppet Show is like one of those things. Like it's packaged and it looks very wholesome. And on the Muppet Show, they were pretty violent. I mean, yeah. they would blow each other up constantly. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of violence. And there was just, you know, a lot of that like. A lot of Miss Piggy punching people. Yes. Yeah, a lot of abuse. Like that was her like gimmick. She was rage, just wailing on people. Rage yeah. issues. <laughs> yes. And it's, I mean, there was just so many explosions like, you know, but of course nobody died. So it was fine. But, you know, it, it had that sort of it wasn't really all that wholesome at all. And Kermit <laughs> was like kind of curmudgeon Like he was just. Was oh, he like, was super like, curmudgeon you know, Oh, my God. He was always on his last nerve. Yeah. And, like later on, he yeah. gets depicted as being so nice and, and sweet and everything. But in the Muppet show, he's just a caffeinated. Yeah. yeah under, he's just yeah. like, you know, like constantly like shaking and twitching and you're like just stop just stop just talking to, to get through this just minute him, like, just leave yeah. him alone he's gonna blow so anyway so Weird Al Yankovic uh, Boss Rush uh, do you have anything to say on this one? Uh, I mean there's a bunch of those songs that you know I've, obviously I like I grew up with I mean the album came out when I was 90 years old but I was really only familiar with them on the songs not necessarily through the Dr. Demento show because I didn't hear that program specifically but they would play songs just on other radio stations from time to time and whatever I saw on MTV Mm-hmm. When that was, you know, right. Yeah, he, had, he had some good music videos off that one. He had some of the great, greatest music videos ever. I mean, this, right. seriously, Weird Al's music videos are so many of them are so great. Um, okay, so uh, I would say we can move on then to uh, the next album was uh, 1984's Weird Al Yankovic in, in 3D, 3D. In 3D, which most people just simply call in 3D. In 3D. All right, so now this song, this album is going to be. Uh, this is Nintendo. You got this one, right? Yep, I, I got, I got right. this. I got this. What you got, Nintendo? All right, I got this. So the songs on in 3D are 
Eat It, which is oh, the no. parody of Michael Jackson's Beat It, Midnight Star, which is an original, The Brady Bunch, which is a parody of The Safety Dance. Funny story about this song, that Steve and I would listen, would listen to this song in uh, high-speed dubbing. Wait. It wasn't just this. We were so weird. But at least with this song, it was we're, like, we, I, I feel so like. Weird, right? yeah, I know, Past we're, tense. It's, it's I, I cute, fe- isn't I it? I feel yeah. like we listened to this song the most on, on high-speed dubbing. Did, we, so uh, for those high out there dub. who might not know what we're talking about. So high-speed dubbing was a function that most tape players had. And it would allow you to make a copy of a tape. And it was like, it wasn't like two times normal speed, but it was like one and a half maybe. And so you could more quickly make a copy of your tape, but you could hear it and it sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yes. So it would essentially turn every song into Alvin and the Chipmunks. So after we like heard all these songs like a billion, billion times, then we sort of discovered them all again. And we're, we would just listen to them like high speed dubbing version. So, so, so yeah, continue though. I was going to say, so kids, if you want to replicate this nowadays, just go to YouTube and select like the speed 1.5 times yep. and there you you know, go. get your yep. own experience from it. Since you can't go back to like Smart. the analog equipment. But yeah, continue what you were going to say. So, about, so the yeah. funny thing about, about the Brady Bunch on high speed dubbing is it sounds like he's saying the Brady Bunce. <laughs> the Brady Buns. Yeah. Brady Buns. And I remember listening, listening to this song so the much Brady on high speed dubbing, going back to its normal speed was so foreign. <laughs> You're like, like, I hate the original. Well, no, it is this where we listen to it. I don't know this song. I just want the Brady the Buns. I just, I just know the Brady Buns. That's all. And the next song is uh, Buy Me a Condo, which is uh, a style parody of Bob Marley. <laughs> um, then I Lost on Jeopardy. And Pokemon 45. It was the very first uh, polka song. Polka medley. Polka medley. Yep. Right, yep. another first Start for Al, which would become a staple on every album. Almost, almost Most every, albums. Most albums. He didn't do it on the first one, and on Even Worse, there wasn't a medley at all. Oh, oh weird, right? Which is really weird. And the next song after that is Mr. Popeil. Mr. Popeil! Which is the style parody of the B-52s. I love that one. It's so goofy. Yeah, it's really That's good. good. Uh, and then the King of Suede, instead of uh, King of Pain by the Police. That Boy Could Dance, which is a fantastic original. Super good. One of my favorites Super on the album, good. definitely. Yep. And then the theme from Rocky Eight, The Riot or The Kaiser. No, that's Rocky 13. Oh, is that 13? Oh, yeah, yeah Rocky you're 13. Because right. yeah, yeah. he's okay. just like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, Rocky uh, 13, 13, sure. If it was Rocky, Rocky 5. Eight, Rocky 8 thousand. is technically Creed 2, right? Yep. I was yep. thinking about that. Yep. And then, of course, the, the grand finale that is Nature Trail to Hell, which is Al's most metal song ever. Definitely. Absolutely. And that ripping violin solo yeah. in there. It <laughs> just yeah. takes your breath away. My, 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 my favorite song on the album has to be uh, Midnight Star. Okay. Midnight it's Star. really good. It's nice. really good. I, I, like, I like the fact that uh, he's kind of like poking fun of the whole uh, uh, supermarket uh, trash rags, trash, like yeah. National Enquirer, yeah. Midnight yep. Sun, the, the, and the, stuff the original like that. fake news. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the actual, right. yeah, yeah. actual fake, actual news. fake news. That boy has escaped how many times? Right. You only have this one picture of him, though. Frog boy's on the loose again. Yeah, frog boy's in the sun, yeah. <laughs> again, again, old news, it's old fake news. Right. Anybody have any other comments on N3D? This is this is a fan favorite album. Yeah, it's sure. it's a super great album. I mean, I. I definitely love Nature Trail to Hell. It's it's so just, uh, it's just awesome. It is the most metal song that he's ever written, but it's got so many good parts to it. Um, I actually really like King of Suede. Like I like the police. Yeah, that's a good one. I too. like the police, and I think that's an 
a very apt style parody. Like it's it's very very good. Or well, I mean it's it's a full parody of of their song, but he he does a great job emulating the bands. Like you know, as far as like guitar sound and singing style, and like he goes through so many you know different different production styles for these different bands and like he almost always just nails it it's it's so yeah, impressive it's like, it's how much of a perfect. chameleon that that like they the band can be it's, i know it's really it, impressive if you you sort of compare him to like the karaoke versions which border on muzak right you know to, MIDI, to a lot of like songs really bad yeah. for anybody who sings karaoke it's like sometimes it's like oh god this is so bad and his are always like did they just use the original tracks because right. it's it's that close yeah. most of the time yeah. My my thought on it, what I remember most is that it, Eat It, of course, was huge. huge. It honestly was. And, yeah. and in the video, he even got the uh, the original guy that was the coordinator and was in the knife fight. Oh, wow. It's in the video. Yeah. For, that's yeah, the from Michael Jackson. He did not right? get Eddie yeah. Van Halen to come back, though. No. <laughs> he didn't, no. um, but he could have because he's... I think actually he's Van Halen... He's weird fucking out, I think man. Weird, I think Van Halen is one of the bands that never allowed him or didn't want him to ever do... To do a parody, um, a parody of them, um, which there are a lot. Which is so funny how serious people take themselves. Right. Um, yeah, Kurt Cobain said <clears throat> it. He goes, "I knew I made it when we were out. When we were out, wanted, yeah. wanted to do yeah. a parody. Um, yeah. But so what I remember about that album is uh, "Eat It" because it was so big. But what it did is it overshadowed everything else, and none of the other singles or anything from that album ever really got any airplay yeah. at all. You know, in the first album, people remember Ricky, people remember My Bologna, they remembered a lot of the songs from that. They, you know, another one rides the bus. They really had an impact. They really were in his set list over the years. Yeah. This album sort of eat it, overwhelmed everything. It was so big. Um, and the other stuff just sort of got pushed to the side. That's what I remember is that it wasn't as memorable of an album as it was that song. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, as That's far really as the larger point. impact, yeah, yeah right. definitely. And I lost on Jeopardy. I think was the only other it, one that I remember was. seeing a uh, like that a had video a video for that had yeah. a video, yeah. which but I loved, and that was my funny. second thought because I loved the Greg Kinn song back then, and so I loved the. I mean, not only did I love the song to begin with, like you were talking about King of Suede, I do yeah. love that is a police right. song. I love the right. police. So when he did, I lost on Jeopardy. I can't actually listen to. The Greg Kinn song now because I just am waiting for Weird Al's words. That's how much right. of an impact it had yep. on me. Right, yeah. right. That happens totally for some songs with me. Actually, if you were to put me on the spot, what is the real song called? It's actually called Jeopardy. Yeah. Our true. Love's in Jeopardy. Our Love's in Jeopardy. I can't get the Weird Al lyrics out of my head. That's right. Our Love's That was my thought. I honestly don't think I've heard it, to be honest. I don't, I don't think I have. But honestly, like, Another One Bites the Dust, I can't hear that song without wanting to go Another One Rides the Bus. Like, my, my mouth just does it. And I'm like, wait, what is it? Oh, it's Bites the Dust. Oh. I'm like, no, I love how the much bus. in that song Al does the, 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 the Hetfield thing, which was the Freddie Mercury thing at that point. Another One Rides the Bus. Because he just, Freddie Mercury just does that so hard in that one song. It's so funny. I love when he would do that. He would, like, pick out just little, little, like little ticks and little moments to parody as well. And it was just to emulate. It was great. But that one, yeah. Yeah. Good, good point though. I mean, there really are not as many singles and remembered songs, but I mean, this is a, uh, I mean, I always hear people mentioning this as like yeah. one of their favorite. It's, it's a good one for like a deep, deep dive. It's so big. Go, yeah. So yeah. big. I, I'm, I don't know of this for a fact. I didn't research, but I think it's one of his biggest selling albums, but had the least amount of singles, and memorable songs. Yeah. Very, yeah, it's very interesting. Right. A product of like the initial success of the first one, people anticipating the second, yeah. and then also eat it doing so well. But yeah, cool, awesome. Okay, so if we're ready to move on, unless uh, Boss Rush, you have anything you want to add? Nope. 
We have uh, 1985's seminal Dare to be Stupid. And for this one, I'm going to say, take it away, Randy Carter. All right. I'm going to preface this real quickly and say, I stole this from Nintendo, and I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. I mixed up which <laughs> album I was taking. This is the one that was in my heart that I wanted. There you go. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. It did. It worked out for <laughs> the best. It worked out really well. He um, came to the podcast for the album he didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this album, Dare to be Stupid, has... The reason I really wanted to talk about this one is that it, it's not only is it one of the most amazing albums he's put out, it's got a real lot of different stuff about it that's interesting. Like, so I'll do what you guys did. I'll go through the tracks here. So, you know, starting off with Like a Surgeon, everybody knows that because it's Like a Virgin from Madonna. And he mm-hmm. actually got this idea from Madonna. It was She was the first person to say, hey, could, why haven't you done this song yet? And he said, I don't know. I can't believe I didn't think that's of it. That's so funny. So Madonna actually said, hey, you should do that. And he took her idea. So that's, nice. I think, the only song he's ever done based on a suggestion from an actual star. Okay. Yeah. The person who wrote yeah. the song. You're right. right. You know? Right. And, he, he, and she's, she's, I think, just from, you know, whatever you see her on MTV and her, you know, documentaries, she seems down to earth and funny. Like she's pretty. She toured with the Beastie Boys. Do <laughs> right. you? I don't remember like that. That's just. That's I think just it was '86. She wow. went toward the Beastie Boys. She's got a sense that's of humor. So oh yeah. Weird. Oh yeah. Weird. Yeah. So that was a big one. That was a big song. That was a pretty funny one. That stuck with yeah. me. It was pretty funny. And that also had a video. It was great. Yep. You know? Oh, absolutely. And I then, feel like that's one of the videos I think of too. Like he's he's very iconic. Like in that surgeon. You year remember him doing the real yeah. Right. Oh, the yeah. moves yeah, in the, the scrubs. The moves. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. So back then, also Whip It was huge. And from Devo and yep. Whip It Good. And another big Devo song that I always loved was their cover song that they did of the Rolling Stones, Satisfaction. So Devo was sort of like the super weird band that was even around we listened to before Weird Al, make it big for us. So when he did Dear to be Stupid, which is basically an influenced by. Yeah, Devo yes, pastiche. A style parody of yep. Devo. It's style parody. And it's honestly just a really good song. I could just listen to yeah. it as if I would put on sure. a playlist. Uh, of just normal songs. It's just a damn good song. Uh, yeah. And now I know that uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, who was you know from Devo, has actually come out and said that when he first heard "Dare to Be Stupid," he was he was like not really mad, but he said he was furious because it was the most beautiful song he had ever heard, and he wished so hard that they had written it. Do you know how he heard it? No. Weird Al brought it over his house and played it for him before it was released. Amazing. Oh, nice. Wow. Yep. Nice. Weird Al had some clout at that point. Yeah, he was like, I can yeah. do this. Yeah, he did. Um, Weird Al is funny and a clown, but you forget, he's a serious <clears throat> artist. He's insanely talented, and he's right. got clout. He can do yeah. whatever he wants. Right, yeah, you know? he's, he's incredibly he's weird talented fucking musician. Al. He is Weird Al. <laughs> um, so, Dear to be Stupid, I mean, that was just uh, insanely good. And the video was crazy. Yes. Right. Clearly, yeah. clearly you, even if you didn't know Devo, like a lot of their material, as soon as you saw them in all of the rubber suits and mm-hmm. the glasses and the goggles, I mean, it was just fun. And the yeah. collapsible drinking cap hat. Yes. <laughs> I love I love the one moment in that where he's like uh he turns around and he's like, Yes. It's the best like uh he's wearing like an evil Dracula cape, but he's actually in front of the prop of the interocitor from uh this island earth, which is like the screen that they use to talk to each other. It's like a triangular screen. Interesting. And it's, it's the interocitor and he just has it. And he's just, the guy, that's, it's so funny. It's so like one second. And he's just like, yes. <laughs> so good. So next uh, on the album is I Want a New Duck, as obviously is a parody of I Want a New Drug from Huey Lewis. 
Um, for me, I always thought that was pretty good. I wasn't a huge. Mm-hmm. Huey Lewis is like what my stepdad listened to, but but it was a good parody mm-hmm. and it was yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't much of a re-listen. Yeah, it's it's not my favorite. I think he was right. filling it's a good. quota on. I agree. There, right? you know? I agree. Um, and actually, I have an interesting. Story Sometimes about they're that. inspired parodies, and you're like, "Oh my god, Weird Al, you you just." And other times, you do sort of feel like maybe he's just right. Like, yeah, yeah, like this one, he just had to pump exactly. out. So one more minute, which has to absolutely be a fan favorite. Absolutely, one of yes, my favorite yes, songs. Yes, absolutely. Remember, yeah. remember, even the video, just the, the black video. and white video of yep. him. That song stuck with song me. Doo-wop song. Yep. I remember. So that is my first. I know this is third album. That is my first favorite original Weird Al song. The other okay. ones are good, but for me, that was one that stuck with me the most back then. That was the other ones were good, but back in '85, I was what 14 years old. I was like, I don't even know why I love the song, but I used to love <laughs> listening to Oldies 103 on the radio, and that had to have been why. But the, I'll never forget. I'd rather have a hundred thousand paper cuts on my face. On oh, my face, yeah. Just spend <laughs> one more minute with you. I mean, that's just. I'd I, rather right. jump naked <laughs> on a huge pile, pile of thumbs. Yeah, well, yeah, I get it. Uh, it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what line from that song I did not at all get as a kid. What? When he's like, uh, uh, when he's talking about, about the, the gas station and the self service pump. Oh, he's like super you funny. Me. Super well, funny. I can't, I can't recall it exactly, yeah. but he's like, and I have the, to use the self. Right. I think Boss the gas station it. of love. Yeah. yeah, at the gas station of love, and I have to use, use the, the self service pumps. But again, dark. Right. Yeah, right. Dark. Yeah. Totally dark. dark. I saw so that when I just yeah. was re-listening to it. I'm like, oh. Oh, damn. He, he says that was influenced by an actual breakup and the way he was channeling it was through writing the song, which so yeah. many artists do. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very passionate song, but it's so goddamn funny. Yep. And it's just... Catchy. It's, it's catchy, and it's yep. so goddamn apt as a doo-wop song like right. it yes. just it, it nails the His harmony it, na- it nails all of it it's, it's it, that has also been one of my favorite songs right. forever yes. yep. so the next one uh, yoda yes now yep. being star wars i mean i saw star wars in the theaters 1977 twice that year mm-hmm. and so i love someday star wars we may have you back to talk about star wars okay. that's 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 uh, that's not a promise that's not a threat i'm just i'm just throwing it out there well they if you tell them that, they might never tune in again, just in case it's me. But no, they love you. I can already tell. They I can love hear, you. They yeah, love you. I can you, hear Randy the applause. Carter. Don't worry about it. Um, so Yoda, Yoda was huge, and I also loved the Kinks. So for me, my favorite—I get the Beatles are the most important British invasion band of all time, and they influenced sure. everything and everybody, including the Kinks. But for me, the Kinks were my favorite. Okay, yeah. My fair. stepfather used to drill the Kinks into us all the time. Their greatest hits, and I even love their '70s stuff more than their '60s stuff. Great stuff. Um, so I'm getting Weird Al, I'm getting Star Wars, and I'm getting the, the case. Yeah. It didn't get any Firing on all cylinders for you, Andy. And Back Weird down. Al chased this song, chased Ray Davies to, to record the song for like five years. Oh, he chases wow. a lot of these songs to get permission. Now, as we all know from his things that didn't go right with like Coolio and stuff, he does parody is protected. He doesn't have to ask anybody's permission. He can can do whatever he wants. He wants to always ask permission. He just wants to be honorable. He wants to be honorable, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to upset people. You know, he's obviously a good guy. So Yoda came out and it was perfect. It was the most amazing Weird Al song I had heard up to that point. And and like the the quality of the sound of the guitars when that starts, like it is so exact. It's just so perfect. And it really stands out from the rest of the album. Whenever I get to Yoda, I just instantly love it from the first like strum it's it's 
such a good song and yep. so well done. And the song meant so much to Ray Davies that he was having a hard time picturing somebody else doing as a parody. And he did end up loving it, I guess. But oh, good. The one of the things for me was also Lola and, and Yoda was that it's an older song. Everything else was how can oh, we oh, capture right, right, how exactly. can we capture Madonna and Huey right, Lewis like what's big and now? Michael Jackson? Right. This was a song that wasn't a hit at the time. It was 15 years old or something like that. Right, so that's right. what I thought was interesting and important about Yoda. And I could talk about that one forever, but I'll leave it at that. So uh, George of the Jungle, um, short song, mm-hmm. and yep. the only Weird Al cover. Cover, yeah. Just a cover, not just a parody, a not, anything, not anything, just an right. absolute cover, which was in the George of the Jungle movie, I think, in 97. So okay. he got play from it again after that and got paid for it. Um, <laughs> but I never really loved the song. It was original. It was, yeah, I think it's like yeah, a minute and 10 right. seconds. Just, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I don't understand why he did it, but... I think he must have just loved that show and right. just loved the song and who cares. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, Slime Creatures from Outer Space. I mean, I loved, I Love used to watch song. Creature yeah. Double Feature, which was on Now you're WLBI, speaking my language, Randy. Oh, What's right. that? You're speaking my language, Randy. Yeah. Um, Creature Double Feature, Attack <clears throat> of the Giant Leeches and Tarantula. These sure. are amazing Man movies. Man from Planet X. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I think you even mentioned Them. That. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that was just a... a that was an easy one for me to like or as far as is one of his stylistic respectable baseline in that song okay really good really good like i don't know i i slime creatures from outer space is it's also a real, up yeah. there with my favorite like originals from him it's very right. fun but yep. yeah the bass bassist is going nuts I, now i'm gonna have to re-listen and listen for that yeah because i'm a lead vocalist i honestly really get focused on vocals when i'm listening sure to yeah i think that's the other stuff we all do yeah so that was a great song. Love that one. Nice style parody. And again, doing the 50s stuff. He did the doo-wop with the other song and then 50s 50 again. 50s sci-fi, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Now it was it, a double feature, Randy. It, oh. yeah. it was a 50s double feature. 50s double feature. So then we have Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. And I think we can all agree that's not a good song. It's 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 not one of his more inspired right. It's lackluster. It's almost lazy and slow. My opinion is if he pumped that up and did it polka, that might have been funny, more right. up-tempo. But when you listen to it, it drags. And honestly, we talked earlier about how I Want a New Duck was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. here's the interesting thing about this song, uh, Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. He didn't want to do this song. The studio pushed him to do something else. And to do this song, it was a hot song, do this one, okay. and pushed him to do it. And he relented on it. And I don't think he's ever done that since. Wow. That but makes sense. They said, you don't have enough power. You don't have enough actual parodies of real songs on this album you have to do more okay and he didn't like it and i think it shows when you listen yep, to i think you're it. absolutely right because parasite steve and i were actually listening to the song earlier today and we were discussing like his vocal performance like okay he's, he's not even trying nope. to hit cindy lopper maybe because at the time he thought he couldn't or now that you just explained what you just explained okay that makes a lot he's of sense actually he's just it. doing this because you know these kind of Hey, do this. All right, all right fine, whatever. Right. He's just going through the motions. Yeah, but I would say yeah. his vocal performance on that is very, like, not trying. Mm-hmm. Like, even with, um, you know, like a surgeon, he, he sings it higher than he normally would. Yep. It's not like he's sounding like Madonna, really. But, but he's getting like, into it. He's, he's yep. like, trying to do something with his voice to fit it. But with uh, girls just want to have fun, she's like, I mean, <laughs> funch? I just made funch. up a new word. Uh, he's like, you know, he's like, you know he's like it's overly caricature yeah it's almost like he's trying to make it sound like shit um and i i always took that to mean that like he's like oh my god i can't even touch cindy lopper so i'm just gonna do this i'm gonna just do this but but i don't know yeah maybe it's maybe it's that yeah so i think this was interesting that yeah quota filling 
Um, and then uh, next album on there is This Is The Life, which is great Huge. because it's got that real old... Nice ragtime uh, Yes, ragtime. I was going to yep. say big band, but the ragtime. 1920s, mm. 1930s. Yep. And yep. The, yep. the music video with the Johnny Dangerously, right? Like that. Yeah, because that was his first, I think... Was that his first song in a movie or was... Oh, it might have been. Because Nintendo, you wanted to mention about Dare to be Stupid. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Right, yeah. I mean, Dare to be Stupid was Being the Transformers, the movie from 1986. Right. So I don't know what... So I don't know. Both, I mean, both on Dangerous the same album, though. So one yeah. album, he had two songs on soundtracks yeah. because I don't yeah. think that happened before. Yeah. Right. But yeah, this is the life is super funny. And Johnny Dangerously is an awesome movie. Johnny just, Dangerously is just a great saying. movie. It's yeah. True. And yeah, I love the ragtime and the the lyrics are very witty. And yeah, it's it's so funny because what you're talking about with uh, with girls just want to have lunch. Like his performance is so mellow. And this one, he's like he's got his like you know very upbeat, swingy. Like he's very <laughs> into the melody. Yeah. Yeah. Times a day, my bathtub's filled with Perrier. Oh, what can I say? This is the life. Yeah, like I think that th- this album I must have listened to the most or something because I think that it has the most amount of songs that I could almost sing all the way through by myself. Yeah, the cassette this tape is, the is, life. is pretty worn out on this one. <laughs> Dare to be stupid and uh, One More Minute. I mean, I those are probably more than any other Weird Al song, those three songs. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, cable TV? Yeah. It's fun. I don't fine. know the original. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know Hercules by Elton yeah, John. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know it either. Not an Elton John fan. Don't, I don't even know if I really ever knew it was a cover. Actually, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that it was. It a, just, it never lyric. stuck with me. It mm-hmm. was, in, you know, funny lyrics or whatever at the time. Yeah, but right. It was okay. I just would usually probably skip. I usually use my double fast forward gotcha. to get past that on my cassette yeah. player. Um, and then Hooked on Pocus, you know, this was a great one because it had a couple of metal songs in it. Yes. So that's what resonated yeah. for me. So yeah. when I was a kid, my first metal was Motley Crue, uh, Quiet Riot. Those are the ones that were on the radio. So this is the one where he does We're Not Going to Take It? Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He does uh, We're Not Gonna Take It, and he does... Um, Metal Health. Metal Health. Yeah, Metal Health will drive you mad. Bang oh, right, right. Head. Ding, ding. ding. <laughs> yep. Metal Health will drive you mad. And one of my favorite songs of all times, 99 Luftballons, which he anybody does... who covers that in a metal or hard punk rock is good in my book. I've always wanted to cover it. Can't get the guys to do it. he did the whole thing in German. Yeah. Well, inter- interestingly, though, he makes English. it sound like a traditional Russian song. It doesn't like, sound German at all. In that polka, he makes it Russian. It's weird. Yes. But that's, that's Al. So, so the other thought I have on this is, and I don't know if you guys have ever thought about it, but you're never going to unthink it now. When he's doing Relax, you know, mm-hmm. from Frankie Goes to Hollywood, mm-hmm. he's really getting into the Relax, don't do it, when you're going to come. And he's like, I was like, this yeah. is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, and he, hel- he holds that for a very he long does. time. Well, that's, that's yeah. the, the big fucking ending. Yeah. yeah, it's the big yeah finale too. It's like he's just gonna end on the come. Yeah. You want to come. Oh. It's like, oh my god. So yeah, yeah that, that was the <laughs> Come. So did you guys have any other thoughts on that, Nintendo? Did you want to expand on no, the no, Dare to Be Stupid? No, that's it. I mean, it's just Debbie Stewart's on Transformers the movie soundtrack. It is, that's and it, Weird Al really. actually said... It's a said, great song, too. Weird Al, I think, said that he got more airplay and money and you name it for it being in the Transformers movie than it did oh, from yeah, the actual no doubt. album. No doubt, yeah. And also, uh, uh, Enchanted Exile does do a cover of Dare to be Stupid. It's actually our only cover that's out and recorded and in the universe and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for you guys after the Swarm I don't think song I knew that end, yes. well ba wa gra weep ninny bomb or however that goes yeah so <laughs> ba so, weep gra na weep ninny bomb so I know we don't usually do this but definitely stick around after the show we'll we'll play you a full Swarm of song songs. and a full dare to be stupid cover so there you Excellent. go
All right. So that's Dare to Be Stupid, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome album, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Boss Rush, you're up next. You got yes, sir. 86's Polka Party. I with, do. Weird with... Al Yankovic Polka Party, released on October 2nd, uh, the year of somebody's Lord, 1986. And that album started off with Living with a Hernia, a spoof or a parody of James Brown's Living in America. I do like that one. That is a great I, one. I do really yeah. like that yeah, song. Yeah, funny video, yeah. too, where he's yeah. you know, got the whole outfit on. doing the, Actually, I heard that that video was recorded on the same set as Rocky IV. No way. With that whole thing with the, the James Brown song. And uh, photo op. Hey, here we go. I'm just going to try to keep talking as that's going on. The second song on that is Dog Eat Dog, a style par- parody of the Talking Heads. Uh, the one after that is Addicted to Spuds, a parody of Robert, Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. Uh, the fourth song is called One of Those Days, which is a Weird Al original. The fifth song is Polka Party, and that has, as I grab my other notes, uh, segments as follows. Sledgehammer from Peter Gabriel, Studio by Phil Collins, Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy, Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie, Freeway of Love by Aretha Franklin, what You Need by In Excess, Harlem Shuffle, uh, but it's uh, restylized as Harlem Polka by the Rolling Stones. Um, oh, and the picture went away. Here we go. Oh, my notes are awesome. Uh, Venus by Bananarama. Nasty by Janet Jackson. Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. Shout by Tears for Fears. I like this part. I, yeah, I like this part. Uh, Papa Don't Preach by Madonna, and then he just ends with his Hey, la la la, polka time, yay, yay. Good stuff. And then after that, I don't two, think I, I dislike any of his polka songs. Honestly. No, they're they're all right. Really, they're all pretty. They're fun. all really fun, good. Like, a chock yeah. full of cool references. I, I actually don't think I like the one on Poodle Hat. Okay. Okay. Poodle, nobody, Poodle Hat's a, my opinion. Poodle Hat is definitely like <laughs> that's a weaker, okay. You don't have to wait for somebody. No, to, it's, oh, it's yeah. a weaker album. For it's sure. a weaker album. Yeah, especially right. following up Running with Scissors. Right. Yeah. I mean, running, running with Scissors. Running with Scissors was pretty amazing. Yeah. That was yeah. my yeah. fucking jam. Love, I listened to love that, that album, album to goddamn death. One but, of the few I've actually owned. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that album was on repeat. That, that was the Weird Al album for me. That was your intro. That was, that was my, like, super invested into Weird Al album. That was a good but, one like, to start I, with. But, like, we went back, and I, we always had tapes, but yeah. But anyway, Poker Party. Right. It's the second half of Poker Party. Oh, we're still talking about Poker Party. Yes, we are. Now, shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Shut your guest hole. (laughs) Shut your guest hole. Yeah, good one. We're done being nice to you. Yeah. All right. The sixth song is Here's Johnny, a parody of Eldebarge's Who's Johnny. Uh, Don't Wear Those Shoes, another original. Uh, Toothless People, a parody of Mick Jagger's Ruthless People. Uh, good enough for now, which is a country music style Super. parody. It's so good, Super it is a really. I good felt one. like that was his his follow up to one more minute. To one more minute, right? Yeah. And then the last song is "Christmas at Ground Zero, a style parody of Phil so Phil Spector uh, produced Christmas songs. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. I it's, love when he plays it live and he makes it snow. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. I, he Weird Al puts on a freaking outstanding live show. He outstanding does. live show. So many costume changes. Yeah, oh, and, yeah and he like man. fills the time with like these you know little video things. He usually has like a screen that comes down and he plays like just Weird Al comedy bits. That usually you only take a couple of minutes long, but but he just just enough time for him to change into whatever outfit yep. he's got to change into next. Do the next song in full costume. And a lot of times the whole band will change too. Yeah, and they it's, always come it's, back. It's freaking awesome. It keeps the flow going. It's just a ridiculously awesome time yeah totally so so boss rush you um hadn't heard a lot of these these older albums had you heard right. polka party before not as a whole album no i've heard songs from it i mean I, I was familiar with living with a hernia of course of course yep and um yep. 
Let's see, what else was I familiar? Uh, who's John? Uh, here's Johnny. Yep, I, I've heard before. That's one of my favorites right. on this album. I think that the spots I heard a lot. Yeah, uh, basically anything that there was like like a video for. Okay, I, I yep. heard. Yep. So, what were your thoughts listening to this album in full? Ah, uh, I had I had a pretty good time with it. Uh, one of the standout songs for me was actually "Dog Eat Dog," the I agree. style parody of the Talking Heads. Agreed. I agree. I love yeah, that song. So. I think it it's really a, really give funny. Give me a "As She Was" vibe to it for the song, but it, it wasn't listed as like a parody of that particular song. But it does have like a, a little splash of uh, once uh, once in a lifetime. Yeah, once in a lifetime, or or a dollop, as Randy Carter would say. <laughs> He would not say that. <laughs> Randy Carter, shut your hole. You don't even know. Randy Carter talks about dollops all day long. <laughs> Friggin' but, shut uh, your guest I hole. I mean, yeah, I mean. A dollop I, of mayonnaise. A mayonnaise. dollop of daisy. <laughs> a dollop of do ya. When you want to come. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one and the, uh, you know, the polka party were probably my two absolute favorites. Okay. So. I, I, I mean, I like a few songs because obviously, yeah. Randy, you've, you've said this is your least favorite album. Correct. <clears throat> I mean, I, I really enjoy Here's Johnny. I really enjoy uh, Dog Eat Dog and Christmas at Ground Zero. And I do think, even though I really am not a country music fan, it's weird how Weird Al will allow me to like songs in a genre that I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's weird right. how that mm-hmm. happens, but it's just it's just true. Like when, I, when think artists, good enou- I think Good Enough for Now is is hilarious when, when really artists is. parody a genre that i don't like but they do it in a way that is so accurate i appreciate it and like it unironically yeah and, I, and it's just that's always been the case and it's like weird i would never listen to rap or country or whatever genre is being parodied but when someone who is, is out of their element goes for it it's it's just the best and it's, honestly it's so i think i think don't wear these shoes don't i, wear those I like shoes don't wear these shoes is really too. good yeah right it's, it's probably one of my least favorites on the album, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, and speaking about that, I mean, do you guys all know, um, what's it called? It's from Running With Scissors, uh, Truck Driving Song. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I mean, driving I, I mean not, truck. that's not country, driving but it's a good old truck. truck. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, a, I think, an example for me of a genre I would never listen to that me- Weird Al makes me listen to. Totally. Yep. Because Absolutely. it's so good. And that's one of my favorite of his originals of mm. all time. It's really funny. That is hysterical. Funny. Yep. Driving yeah. the truck with his high heels on. I mean, yeah. Driving yeah, yeah, yeah. a truck with my high heels <laughs> on. Yeah. yeah it's, one. oh, man. I know I got to go listen to Running Scissors like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll, like we'll 18 there. times like in a row. 18 times in a row right now. On just one time speed. I'm, now, not, I'm, not, I'm not speeding I'm, I'm through that one. I'm also going to say, we're going through all these albums, but I've also begged Steve that we've got to talk a little bit after. It's just about Perfect. some of the other weird all stuff. Sure. And that's really just my excuse to talk about Running With Scissors. Nice. Oh, no problem. <laughs> and running, running, running with, any and, excuse to talk about Running With Scissors is a good, good excuse for me. And okay, the greatest so song We only ever have written. one more to get to, and then we'll talk a little bit about the, the movie, The Reason Why We're Here, yep. UHF, and then we'll, we'll do a little pondering, take some time and, and do that. Um, so next up... 8-Bit. Yo, yo. What you got, 8-Bit? 1988's so, even worse? Damn Skippy. Uh, I just love the name of this album. It's so funny because, you know, he could have just called it Fat, but he called it even worse because it's so much funnier than, than just... Or more know, batterer. Or more batterer. Uh, so, yeah, this album has Fat, which was definitely, I'd say, the biggest song off of this album. This album Parody was Fat. Was Fat. And probably is... And probably his best video. Yeah. Oh, that video is oh, phenomenal. It was groundbreaking. And that, yeah. that, that suit and just everything that he did in that. And like the skit at the beginning, I still quote to this day. Ding dong, yep. man. Ding, Ding dong. dong. Yo. Ding dong. Ding <laughs> dong. They're teaching yo. that this little school of yours. You ain't bad. You, you ain't, ain't nothing. nothing. You ain't nothing. So as I said before, this this was his uh, second Grammy. 
was the video. Yeah, I mean, well deserved. So good. So fat is fantastic. If you uh, if you have not seen the video, check that out for sure. Uh, the second track is "Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White," which is a very funny idea for a song to go through and do like these crazy zany like dream scenarios but i think the song just overstays its welcome like i think it's just I like agree. a smidge too long and you get the chorus a lot of times yeah. and you're like ah it's well not, you know you know what it's not that good you know what it's called when you're stuck in a closet with dolly parton what booby trap oh hey right you are barm but uh, hey i'd like to hey buy a, like to buy a vowel um so then the next song is This Song's Just Six Words Long, which, again, is a song I don't really like that much. I feel um, like this feels to me like another one he was forced to do. Yep, and honestly, the way he says this song's just six words long, he actually says this song is just six words long. So it's actually seven words, and it's not even true because there's way more words in the song. And I don't know. I just feel like it just doesn't land for me at all. I, this, I'm just yeah. not into that it. That one's also a cover of a cover. So everybody knows. Oh, the, oh I didn't know. Yeah, that George yeah, Harrison. It's not a George Harrison it. song. He covered it. Oh I think it was God, almost called Cloud Nine at the time. Which and this song was massive. And I, again, I agree. Really? I think he was forced to do that mm-hmm. uh, song or pushed to do it. I mean, trying yeah. to hit these current hits. But it's a cover of a cover, mm-hmm. which yeah. is interesting. Not bad. Just interesting. Right. It's interesting to right. note. Just like I love rock and roll. Yep. Um, then, uh, then there's the song that I'm most excited to, to talk about is "You Make Me," which is a <laughs> which is a interesting song. It's funny, but it's a style parody of Oingo Boingo, which is a band that I like. That is Eight Bits Jam. It's my jam, Sam. And if I if if you haven't heard our last episode, our Batman episode, I talk about Boingo a little bit, and I talk about a little bit of Elfman. So definitely check that out. You know, if but, you're really a big fan, you call him Boingo. Yeah, you call him Boingo. Uh, or just OB. I pretty much mo- know them from seeing them in the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School. Oh, wow. Nice. How weird, not, weird, not weird science. science. Mm. Nice. No, that's a good, good deep, uh, deep cut there. Uh, so, yeah, You Make Me is... It's a fun song. It's funny. But what's weird to me is that we're... Al usually goes for it with a lot of his like vocal parodies when he's singing a song like in the style of Madonna or whatever. Um, he doesn't really try to sing like Danny Elfman. He just sort of sings like Weird Al. But all the music around it is very reminiscent of the band. So that was that was super fun. Uh, I, I was really happy to... I've never heard it before, just listening to it for the podcast. Um, the next one is I Think I'm a Clone Now, which is... Uh, it's funny like it's it's weird it's not like you know he doesn't go like i i feel like it's kind of like a low-hanging fruit but it's 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 funny um see i actually like some of the lyrics in the song a lot yeah it's like i i like the song but it's also just like i don't know i think i think we're alone now i think i'm a clone now like okay i don't know it's, I, okay. it's fine i'm with you i hear you it's fine um lasagna is a song that i'm embarrassed i think is so funny because it really is just kind of mean and just like generic Italian, like Bambino. And, and it's just like, Mama Bambino. It's like, it's just harping on the fact that all pasta names rhyme. And it's really funny to do a fake Italian accent. And I'm like, I was sitting in the car laughing at it. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm like embarrassed that I think this is so funny, but it's really fucking you're, you're funny. You're such an it's, insensitive hey, fuck. It's, it's okay to make fun of Italians. I know. Well, I don't you, know. you know why Italy is shaped like a boot? It is. You can't so, fit all that shit in a shoe. Damn right. Oh! It also makes them the, the the heel of every joke. It also so, needs to be mentioned that, that Boss Rush Mode is Italian. Half. Yeah. I, so yeah. it's only half funny. Just take the Perfect. whole Italian. Just the it'll, top half. It'll get yeah. us in less trouble. Right. <laughs> That's how, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, don't don't be the bottom of the boot. Uh, yeah, so so lasagna is, is a good time. Co- uh, cover a uh, parody of La Bamba um, performed by Los Lobos. Uh, then there's uh, his original Melanie, 
which is pretty good. I don't know what it's reminding me of. If it's like kind of like, if it's like, Ario Speedwagon or like, I I fucking love that song. Yeah, like it's it's. I think really, it is one of the funniest dark songs. I, and holy hell, is it windy outside? It's super windy out. But uh, yeah, so I I do really like that song. But it's an original. It's not even necessarily a style parody or anything. It's, it's just, just it's just a very good song, and it's you know it's got really great lyrics. Um, then followed up by a direct parody, Alimony parody of Moni Moni, as performed by Billy Idol, which is also funny. Has some really funny lyrics. Also a cover of a cover of a cover. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Which is, I think, a McClone now is also a cover of a cover. It, it, yes, true. So there's, so there's, there's a, a lot. lot of covers there's of a covers on this album. That's what, cover reception. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the first time you're like, oh, that cover's bad, and then he's like, even worse. <laughs> right, even worse. You get <laughs> it? You get it? Uh, so the next song is Velvet Elvis. Which is a style parody of The Police, which is neat, because he did, like, a direct parody of The Police, and now he's doing a style parody. I, I love Velvet Elvis. I think it's a really good, I agree. good song. I think he, it's really he, funny. It's he, very he, funny. He is so funny, and he's so great. He is. Yeah. It's so true. It's just, it's funny, like, when he does songs out of fucking nowhere, like, the topics, like, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna write a song about a guy who's so pathetic that his prized possession is this Velvet Elvis painting, and he's gonna, like... He loves it so much he's proclaiming it to the universe. Like, it's so funny and weird. Yep. Uh, then next up is Twister, style parody of the Beastie Boys. It's only like a minute long. It's fine. It's whatever. It's mm-hmm. not my thing. Uh, and then there's the Good Old Days, which is a style parody of love. James Taylor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's another that's that's another, another dark one. one, but it's hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, as a whole, I don't think this is one of his best albums, but it has fat, which is like massively huge so this is kind of like figuratively and literally that you were saying about about uh 3d but and it's funny because it's a michael jackson song yep yep we'll leave it to covering michael jackson in the 80s to to do it for people so yeah um i don't know what what are anyone else's thoughts on some of those songs michael jackson made weird al a lot of money that is very true he sure did yep he did big time yeah. I, I think I, I, I feel like it, it was heavy on style parodies and covers of covers. Mm-hmm. Not one of his strongest, but a pretty good album. Decent. Yeah. yeah I mean, could have been worse. Great, great cover. I think it was the first cover parody. Oh, yeah, the cover. Maybe artwork. the only cover parody. Uh, right? no, is there another? No, because the off the deep end is like the Nirvana. Oh, yeah, off the deep. All right. And he does, he does look like, uh, was, what was the one where he looks like Coolio? Bad Hair Day. Yeah, is um, the cover, Amish Paradise. Yeah, now is the cover of that like Coolio's album cover? I don't know. I mean, I know he has the hair. I don't oh, know. okay, yeah. So the actual album cover is his first one that he's sort of parodied another album cover. Yeah, yeah. Right. He took the actual cover. Yeah. It was good. It was, it, I mean, he's cover consistent. Art. Through all these albums, he's consistent. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a little bit of ups and downs, but consistently good. I mean, even if we pick on a song or two here, and whole, a weird album. Al, one song of Weird Al is better than majority of other artists. <clears throat> That's you know? very true. Yeah, so Coolio's Gangster's Paradise was not similar to that cover of Bad Hair Day. Okay. But the All hair right. was. Awesome. Yeah. So, so if there's no more comments for even worse, then I think we should move right on because we're getting a little long in the tooth here to uh, the UHF movie, which is why we're all here, the 30th anniversary of UHF. Um, so just a couple of quick uh, deets for you right here. The movie came out on July 21st, 1989. Um, it was directed by Jay Levy and written by Jay Levy and Weird Al Yankovic. Had a budget of a mere $5 million, and it grossed only $6.1 million. So this was a really major bomb. Where do you think they spent that $5 million? 
because well, they probably the had to pay for a lot of. They, I mean, the they probably had to the pay oatmeal. you know Miramax for Rambo and stuff, and you know that's it. It was paying for the rights to parody stuff, right? Yeah, there probably, wasn't yeah. five million in budget in that movie. Yeah, very true. And everybody who was in it who became somebody like Michael Richards yep. went on to be Kramer, but he wasn't Kramer yet. And Fran Drescher was not the nanny yet. She was nobody. And so a lot of people who were in that just were... Why you slimy? <laughs> Why you slimy? Broads don't belong in broadcasting? So this uh, movie starred Weird Al, Kevin McCarthy, which was probably the biggest star that they had, as the villain, R.J. Fletcher. And, of course, he was a big 50s movie uh Actor in his most famous role being uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, Michael Richards, Fran Drescher, and Victoria Jackson from SNL. And <clears throat> also Billy Barty uh, was in there as well as the, the camera operator. And uh, yeah, so I mean, this is just a movie. It was like he, he's got this, you know, TV station and his basic, I think Al's basic idea is, hey, if we have a, a, a movie, we can parody visual stuff too. We can parody all these movies, not just songs. And they did really, really run with it. And now, Randy, I don't know how important this movie was for you at all, but like me and Joe, man, this has always been one of our favorite comedy movies. And when it came out, I mean, I saw this in the theater and I I loved it from second one and didn't understand why it was such a failure. I guess it had a lot to do with like what other movies came out that weekend. And I don't know, under underhyped. Whatever. Obviously, there's a. I'm sure tons of factors that went into it. But what what did this movie mean to you? So, for what it meant to me was when it came out, I actually didn't really like it. For me, this was a joke grenade. This was something that. So everybody knows the Will Ferrell, John C. Riley movie, Step Brothers, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's a movie like that. Step Brothers is not a good movie. And when you watch it, you're like, oh, well, this is not a good movie. But later on, you start to say, you remember a joke or you see another scene again. And you start to realize how actually brilliant it is and funny it is over time. So that's what UHF was for me. UHF, when I saw it, and I, so what year, it was 89. So I was, I was 18. I was, I was probably just getting out of my not caring about Weird Al and Dr. Demento and probably caring about driving my Mustang and seeing girls and going to metal shows. So I think I, for me, I was a little too old for it at the time. And it actually took a long time for me to appreciate that years later with subsequent viewings with other people like, hey, let's throw this on or UHF is mm-hmm. on. So for me, it wasn't important at all. It was something that took time to to. Uh, smolder and become something that's just classic. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, like you said, Michael Richards' performance was insane. At the time, I was probably like, "You kind of acting like a clown. What is this?" <laughs> but, but I'm. But at this point, now I'm watching you know horror movies and and action movies. And UHF was a little. So that probably wasn't the expected answer, but it was. I think my sure. age at the time it was just a little different. That's something interesting. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, hey, man, you know. That, but I learned I was, to appreciate was, over time. Yeah, and some things are like that. You know, I mean, I was ten at the time, so you know, this was. I mean, it's it's. But I think Al has always been musically and this movie. It's accessible to little kids, but they do not understand all the humor. Right. I also think that for me, and I don't know if anybody else feels like this, or you'll think about it afterwards. There's not enough actual Weird Al in that movie, and not enough Weird Al music in the movie. I think that's one of the things that bothered me. Not hmm. bothered me, but I was like, like. Michael Richards just takes it away and he's great and he's fantastic. But at one point I'm like, like Weird Al pops in, you know, George pops in at one point. I was like, oh yeah, he's in this movie too. I forgot Weird Al was in this one. Yeah. And he's clearly right. not the best actor in this movie. 
He's not, but you know, he he completely is serviceable. I I don't have a problem with his performance. No. I know right. he's not an actor, but I uh, I I quite enjoy his his parts of the movie. But yeah. and I love the Rambo stuff, and it's just so funny, like that Rambo scene. Like I I so as a kid believed the muscle suit. Right. It's so funny, like. When you're a kid, you just don't <laughs> notice stuff. And seeing it again, I watched it recently with with uh, my daughter, uh, Doctor Matteo. His face isn't even the same color as the Rex. No, the I know it's right, so right. funny. And she's like, she's like, she doesn't say uh, like muscular. She says strong. She goes, "Wow, he's really strong." That's that's like how she describes somebody who's like really built. She's like, "Is Weird Al really that strong?" <laughs> like. No, honey. Do you see the Do you see the wrinkles when he moves in that direction? Do you see the how it? Yeah, the skin don't do that. But it's funny, you know. I, I don't know. You just sort of accept she, things. She was thinking. She was like, "Wow, I mean, he looks that strong." So, Nintendo, please, please talk about this movie because I know this is an important movie, like for you and your dad, especially. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we to this day we still quote from that movie. Like my my dad would like stay home from work for whatever reason. He was just like pop that movie on and just do laundry or whatever and just and uh, one, one of my my favorite uh scenes from the movie was uh when they all go back into uh was, is it channel eight, eight new channel eight news yep. they they go and they they uh they try to rescue stanley spadowski and uh one of the guys they, they go in the supplies closet and uh all the, the the karate guys are in there, and they're all like supplies, and they jump right out. And I, like, I was actually going to say, is anybody uncomfortable watching that nowadays <laughs> in this age, day and age? Like that probably wouldn't fly oh, yeah, today. Like, like oh yeah, like with the uh, uh, wheel Ooh, of so fish, stupid. with wheel of right. fish. Yeah, yeah. There's some yeah. cultural insensitivity for sure. Yeah, I, I would say that movie would not make it. If it came out today. today. The yeah. problem is, today, like, would... you can say that about any movie that sure. came out in the 80s. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. We have come a long way for good reason. Yep. Um, but, you know. Just like yeah. the song Lasagna would not fly today. Right. I would still laugh, though. <laughs> hey, I'm man. A, I'm a horrible not, Blazing not, Saddles not, is still one of my racist. favorite comedies ever, so yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that it exists. Yeah, it's, it's one of those movies where, you know, very few movie, movies will does this to me where I feel like I need to watch it over and over and over again because I thoroughly enjoy it yeah you just love it like a lot of movies now is like one and i'm done mm-hmm. yeah it's it's hard to find movies now i think that i want to just watch like over and over again but clearly uhs f did that for you and it was yeah. it was a movie that i actually watched a lot of times with my cousin with my cousin mike and and we would watch it and just like hang out and laugh and and you know just a all the different scenes and stuff and actually we were when we were much younger we would always watch the weird owl like video collections on vhs and we would just like go mm-hmm. through start to finish on repeat all of his weird owl you know music videos and then you know it was it was a similar thing with uhf but yeah it's yeah it, it is one of those movies that is just like very fun and funny and, and quotable and stuff and i i do really appreciate yeah. the movie and um and the song uhf is Way up there for Top me. I, yeah. I adore it's really that good. song. Yeah, it's so awesome. It's, it's an awesome soundtrack. So sure. just just real quick on the soundtrack, I do have the track listing. Um, it starts out with uh, "Money for Nothing" uh, parody, which is the Beverly Hillbillies, which of course which the I, video I the guy, is the, the guy, the guitarist of yeah. Dire Straits. Uh, do you remember his name? Mark Knopfler. Yeah, Mark Knopfler. Yeah, he he insisted that he he play on that, and that that's that's a great opener. And also, uh, the, that video is in the movie too. 
Yes, it and is. There, he yeah. does that Walter Mitty thing where he goes into his dream sequences. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought yeah. the movie was very Walter Mitty. And, right. and what's neat about the soundtrack, though, is he has a lot of parts from the movie, like commercials and stuff, that are just on the, on the soundtrack. Yeah, like so Gandhi none of his 2. other albums have that. Gandhi 2, yeah, so, uh, uh, Spatula City. Right, so Gandhi 2 is the second track, and then it goes to Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars, which I believe is a instrumental. And that's not in no. the movie, right? No, that's no, it's it's no, not, that's it's, not it's, it's that's not instrumental. Okay, and then there's Isle Thing, which is like Wild Thing, but that it's about is Gilligan's easily Island. one of my least favorite of his parodies. I feel like that is so uninspired. Then they have the mm-hmm. Hot Rocks Polka UHF, which is an amazing song. Uh, Let me be your hog, which is super short, and it was briefly uh, listened to in <laughs> the movie. Let me be your hog. It's, it's like thirty <laughs> seconds long. Uh, she drives like crazy, which is she drives me crazy from the Young Cannibals. Uh, generic blues, fine. which is fine. Fine. Young fine. Cannibals. Oh, fine. What did I say? You just, you just said young, young cannibals. They're also oh, the fine. Young ca- they're also they're, they're, they're very they're fine. fine. That's true. They're fine. My, my mistake. They're fine. See what so happens when I don't write crap down. I say, I say wrong wow. words. It sucks. So generic blues, which is just such a great blues tune. Yeah. It's so Wicked. great. Yeah. I love that song. And I, it's so, it, I always forget that it's on UHF. And then there's the commercial for Spatula City. There's a, a song called Fun Zone, which is in the movie. And it's a, that is an instrumental. And that yeah. is one of my favorite overall songs that he, of his originals. I love it. And I, I think maybe then that's... You know, I just don't remember the Hans, Hamster song, I guess. But... Fun Zone, I think, is one of his better uh, original songs. And then there's Spam. So yep. that's like Stan. Yeah, R.E.M., yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, which I think is a, a pretty funny song and definitely uh, more inspired one. than a lot of them. Like that. That's like, I don't know, his, his, his ending, his closing tracks, I think, tend to be really clever just like not based on anything just like where did you come up with the like christmas at ground zero or you know uh nature tale to hell or something like that you know these these the last Mr. songs Frump. i almost always love albuquerque albuquerque is one oh, of yeah. the best, oh, greatest song ever written ever written. 12 yeah. minutes of perfection we'll get there we'll get <laughs> know, there Randy. i'm sorry i'm so so okay bubbling over. <laughs> if we're so does anybody else have anything to say on uhf the movie secrets of of of, of the, universe. the universe 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 today we're going to learn to make plutonium using common household items. So, in speaking of that character, well, that's one of the things I felt like UHF, what I didn't get at the time, was that movie was skewering 80s movies. From the crazy scientist who helps him and then he turns into an alien zips away to the over acting evil villain character i don't think i it took me you know until i was older and paid attention and you know to realize he's not just being funny into funny movie for himself right. he's parodying everything and all it, sorts of stuff that he couldn't yeah. do on just a, an audio a song, cd right. basically this yeah. was this was like a living breathing you're watching a song yeah like he's yeah. parodying that movie could have been called you know 80s movie yeah. parody in right, 3d yeah. Yeah, right parody in 3d 80s in 3d and it right. would have been and i it would have been just as funny, but yeah, that's my final thought. Cool. So awesome. We've, we've done it. We've gotten through the first five albums and then the soundtrack Ooh. to UHF. Woo. Yeah. It, it's, it's been a long one. Um, name but, sex tape. Me. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you've seen it. I, I was watching your bulge over there. Oh, <laughs> nice. Randy Carter. It's you're making, now again. you're making me blush. I'm just hungry. I usually watch that at 1.5 speed hungry. cause I can't last that long. <laughs> So let's do some uh, general thoughts. Anything else on Weird Al? I know uh, Randy is just about busting his seams to, to talk about something. 
So, so let's. Why don't you take it away on running with scissors? And if anybody else has anything to say, let's let's add it to this, and then we'll take a break. I thought running with scissors was. I don't want to call it a comeback, L.O. Cool J, but he's been here for years. Yes, because he's been here for years. But running with scissors would put Weird Al back in the spotlight again. Yeah, that one put. And again, it was back to you know, it was either Michael Jackson or Star Wars that was putting him there, and this one was Star Wars clearly. And yep. that album from start to finish. For me, it has the best collection of original songs or style parodies for me. Like that one brought okay. me back. If, that, if that's what brought Tim in, wait, what's your secret code name? I forgot. I'm sorry. 8 Bit Alchemy. 8 Bit Alchemy. You can call him 8 Bit for short because you know him. Because I, I can't pronounce Alchemy. So cool. for 8 Bit, that was his like entry in there. So he's got that nostalgia factor. And for me, it's like when I started to come back to Weird Al. You know, I was a kid, you become a teenager, you're in your 20s, and then a little bit older, I, I, I got back into Weird Al. So that was my re-entry into Weird Al, and it was by far one of the best things he's ever done for right. me. And I listened to Weird Al since 1983. This was just, he had uh, stepped up his game there. And I don't know if he won a Grammy for that one or on that album or anything there, but he didn't, but he should have, because that was an amazing album. And... It, um. He's no, he good. randomly won for Poodle Hat, went, which, which makes was no nowhere sense, near as good. Right, it makes no sense. Good. But Running With Scissors, I mean, from the, the truck driving song to the, the horoscope for today. Horoscope yeah, for today horoscope. is one of the best That's songs today. for today. That's your horoscope. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to go to the track listing. I only just wanted to bring it up is that I was, it was great. We were doing all the albums up to UHF. But for me, this was, it was funny how, it, you know, that was 1999, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And he just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely. With that one, that was one of the best albums on there. And of course, as I've already sneaked in there, Albuquerque is that last finale song at the end of the album. And it is heads and shoulders for me. The most quotable, memorable. (laughs) I could sing the whole thing if given the chance, every single word. Her name was Zelda. She was a calligraphy enthusiast with a slight overbite and the the hair color color strange strange peaches. peaches. (laughs) It was the best. So Albuquerque might be for me the greatest song of any genre ever written that's really I think a, that's, that's fair that's pretty incredible it is, it is. Yeah. Just, it is a great it's, tune it's an put amazing story put your tray table up oh. and you're back in the full upright position put your tray table up right yep. you just know it it's just yep. that everybody died except hey, for me except for me all I have is this uh, all I have right now is this one box of half starved crazed weasels okay I'll take that uh, I'll take that yeah and, he and says, now you got a really cute nickname Torso Boy so what is he complaining about I'm so. What was it? He. I'm so hungry. He cut. So he cut his arms and legs off. Yeah. He's like, oh, give me a break. Or no, he said, uh, I, I, I can't remember. Uh, oh, I, so I, I took a big bite out of his esophagus. I don't know. Like I can't remember what the setup was. Yeah. He it, said he was, could really was, go for a bite. I knew what he meant, but just oh. to be funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, just to be funny. I took a and big I was like, get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he got all indignant on me. <laughs> He's like, hey. Man, I was just being sarcastic. Well, that's just great. How was I supposed to know that? Not a mind reader for crying that's out loud. That's a pretty good impression right there, honestly. All I know is that that snorkel's been like a snorkel, snorkel to me. me. Hey, man, no. That snorkel's been just like a snorkel to me. I hate sauerkraut. That's all I'm really trying, really to, trying say. to say here. Right? So, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, and there's incredible. like another like nine minutes worth of gold like that. to comic storytelling epic. Yeah. It's just it's so good. Yeah. I actually think that's the first Al- Weird Al album that I actually bought and you know purchased you know 
to, to own personally because I've heard Weird Al like throughout whenever, mostly from Joe and Steve. Yeah. And uh, but I think it's one of the few albums that I did own, and that one being the first. I think I've also owned like Alapalooza and uh, Bad Hair Day and um, mm-hmm. maybe Poodle Hat. Maybe. I think. I but, think yeah. you did have Poodle Hat. I feel yeah. like you did. Yeah. I, I don't know whether. So here's a problem with Poodle Hat. Yeah. It has the single greatest stretch of Weird Al spitting words in Hardware Store. I was going to say, Hardware Store is pretty good. Hardware Store is such an incredible song that is just like on an island in that album. Wait, it has a longer stretch of his words than Horoscope? Oh, it. I mean... It's, is it a Horoscope that has where he doesn't take a break for like a minute and a half of singing? Um, it, in Hardware Store, he's like, he's like, wow, just look at all this stuff. And then he's just like, <laughs> Alan Rich's... Alan Rich is screwed. It's like four hundred like pieces of equipment. It's, just, it's like it's like yeah. six verses, and he just doesn't take a break. And you're like, I just oh, haven't. Mike. I've pinned down whether Running with Scissors was so good it was going to be hard to, to follow. It was, it was you were really going to have to blow me away to follow that? Yeah, and so maybe I don't give it enough fair of a, of a fair chance. But my my opinion with Poodle Hat was was the same, but because my cousin yeah. bought that album and I listened to it with him, and I thought this is okay, but Hardware Store blew me away. I was like, this is a fucking amazing song. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Nothing else stuck out to me. But yeah, it yeah. maybe worth revisiting. If we were going to talk about any other random Weird Al things, I think because most of us are going to see him soon. Weird Al Live, if you've never seen him out there, you have to see him. It doesn't even matter if you don't like Weird Al or never heard him. It's such it's an the experience. The show is so it's amazing. It's going to be one of the best really shows is. you've ever seen. I missed his... Uh, so I saw him on the Running With Scissors tour. I saw him at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in New Hampshire. My first time ever seeing him. And it was that's what we saw him too. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. We were actually yeah. at that show. Hampton Beach you were at Casino. That show. Yeah, we might have been there in the same place. Yeah, we must that's have been. Yeah. I was way and so if you're facing the stage, I was on the. That was left actually Eight Bits' first concert. We were really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, that was my first concert. I saved the ticket stub and used it in a like project in like third or fourth grade. Wow, I was, it was like a collage of like everything that I did that year, and and like the ticket stuff was there. I was twenty eight. It's freaking so, crazy. Yeah, so I'm th- a baby. Th- I can't believe you guys were at that, but that was my it's first, a little baby yeah. man. That baby was my man. intro into seeing Weird Al, and yeah. I'm like, I'll try to never miss him since. I missed his acoustic tour where he just played with like his guitar player, mm-hmm. and it was right in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where I work, <clears throat> and the tickets were just too much money. Like anything decent was like four hundred dollars a ticket, and I couldn't do it. But I've seen him almost every time since. And my thoughts are, and when you guys go to see him, tell me if I'm wrong. He sings so good. I'm like, there's no way this he's not lip syncing. He sings so good and so on. And I know he's not lip syncing. He, it's easy to forget with the laughs and the funny and the, con, con, and the costume changes how good of a singer he is right. and what he can do. Yeah, yeah he's a pro. He, he's really good. But people are like, oh, it's that guy who does funny yeah. songs. That people right. It's almost not. like it defames yeah, like, his like talent. Songs. It's like, no. Right. He doesn't just he's say, really oh, it's good. like a surgeon. Sounds like, like a virgin. He's smart and he's a great performer. So I'm going to see him with the, the symphony. I'm going to the New Hampshire yeah, the no, show. The no strings attached. It's yeah. so Very awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so we'll we'll be going to the Boston show. So yeah. we'll be getting different t-shirts. So we can compare shirts afterwards. Oh my God, if you want me to get you a shirt from there, just give me the money and I'll grab you a shirt. But seeing Weird Al is like going to Mecca. It's amazing. It's an unbelievable experience, especially when he gets in the crowd doing the lounge lizard in the lounge lizard outfit and everything like that. Yeah, I mean the only the only other artist that I've seen that I felt the same sort of way as Al. Cooper because like it's a big stage production it's yeah. not just I'm here to play music yeah. so and he, you know whenever cool. he does the Star Wars songs he has the 501st Legion 
he contacts them and they bring out the local Star Wars people that get on stage and pl- they oh, dress up as awesome. Darth Vader and everything. So that's not with them on tour. Awesome. That's every just, city you go to. Everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes, the 501st Legion, which is all the cosplay Star Wars people, they they send people to they have it cool. all arranged so they come on the stage. Yeah, wow. very cool. That's why sometimes they don't look, know what they look like. They know what they're doing up there and they look a little <laughs> awkward. Right. Um, yeah, the one tour of his that I kicked myself I didn't know about until after it already went through was the tour he did where he played all his originals. He only played originals. That was the yeah. acoustic tour. So was that the same tour? That was the acoustic tour? That was the acoustic one? tour. Okay. was all originals. Yeah, and honestly, I was so mad because I found out about what the deal was afterwards. And I was like, I would have loved to go to that. Yeah. But really? yeah, we'll, we'll see him at the No Strings I, I, I just didn't want to do those tickets. Small music hall that held like four or five... Hundred people tops, maybe three hundred people. So, like I said, four hundred dollars for tickets. I yeah. get yeah. it. But right, makes sense. Um, All right, guys. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up the episode. Uh, is at least the main part of the episode. That's because we ran out of chips and dip. Yeah, we so did. It's over. We ran <laughs> we out. Of food. My we wife ran showed out up snacks. at one point and, and, <laughs> snack and just <laughs> slid some snacks under the door. We were trying to crunch on them a the little noise Hashtag snack door yeah. I mean, if if we're here Am with I Randy Carter, stealthy? we gotta have snacks. Yeah, have snacks. We gotta have snacks. So, anyway. At this point, I'm going to you know, stick a, a fork in this segment. And we've been talking about, as you know, the weird one, the great Weird Al Yankovic. And uh, I'd like to ask you guys this week's Octopon to this question right now, which is uh, a very simple one. And we've, we've all already weighed in on this a little bit. But what is your favorite Weird Al original? So no parody. It can be a style parody, but not a straight-up parody song. Just think on that for a minute, and we'll be right back. After this. Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts of, of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will will see you next Thursday. Bloodworks Scriptorium, the new album from Enchanted Exile. 11 pulse-pounding heavy metal tracks, including... Embrace Oblivion, Cold Spell, On Widow's Hill, and I am the Void. Bloodwork Scriptorium, available now on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you get your digital music. So, go get it. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right, welcome back aboard, everyone. Now that we're uh, through all those those wonderful promos, I think it's uh, time to talk about this week's octo-ponder this. The question was, this week, was, what is your favorite original Weird Al Yankovic song? 
So not a parody, but one of his original songs. And as you can see, based on this episode so far, he actually has mostly original songs. In every album, there's only three or four parodies. And there can be six or seven even songs that are that are original. So it's... Uh, it's pretty cool. He's got a lot out there. So let's go through everybody and we'll all just pick a favorite song and we'd love to hear from you guys um, afterwards. You know, come on online and uh, tell us what you think. Let's go first to our guest, Mr. Randy Carter. What, what do you say, Randy? Well, I'm going <clears> to <throat> break with tradition here because you've already heard me go on and on about Albuquerque. So I'm going to tell you my second favorite song. Oh, sounds good. Song. It was probably Horoscope for today. Okay. I, wanted to, I wanted to throw in... Uh, one my baby one. loves Eddie Vedder, but I'm. I, it's got <laughs> to be. It, I think it's got to be uh, for a second place for me the horoscope because that's just the best song. Nice, good one. That is a really funny one from that album. That's what what album yeah. is that from again? Is that, that Running with Running Scissors? Scissors. It, it is yeah. Virgo. It is. All Virgos are extremely awesome. friendly and intelligent, except for, for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what you got, Nintendo? Right, I'm gonna go with uh, Frank's 2,000 inch TV from Alapalooza. Oh, that is such a deep nice. cut. Yeah, it's such a deep cut. A deep I love cut, that. One. And uh, it's, I don't think it's a style parody. I okay. think it's just a really good rock song. It is or, a good or one. Is, or is it even a rock song? I don't know. Maybe it's like a. I don't know. I, I, I actually haven't to, heard that one in a while, but I do remember really liking yeah, it. I can it, remember. It's really good. Yeah. It's with the, like the chorus, but. Frank's two thousand inch team. Oh yeah, Frank's two. So it's like it's a it's a round. They yeah. do it as a round. So I mean, he's always trying different stuff, and that one right. is uh, that's that's a really good deep cut. Yep. Boss Rush. Mine so. would be the Night Santa Went Crazy from the album Bad Hair Day. Awesome. Because just every time I hear that album, I just, all of the bloody gory imagery just pops up in my head, and I'm just got this stupid shitty grin on my face the you know the whole way through, and it's just. Just so ridiculous and so friggin' awesome. Love it. Yeah, both of his Christmas songs I just I just really enjoy. Really fun. And from what I hear, they're still negotiating the movie rights and they talk about <laughs> not saying a wink crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Eight bit? Uh yeah, so I, I had mentioned earlier that UHF is my favorite original song. I I just think that song is one that always gets stuck in my head. It's it's such an earworm. It has a great riff. The, the lyrics are are just you know describing the movie but the backup singers are are you know so t- timed well and everything and i don't forget know it all on oh uhf forget about your laundry get out of your job yank up the crank up the volume and yank up the knob we got it all we got it all we got it all on uhf yeah there you go you can watch us all day. You can watch us all night. You can watch us anytime that you please. I love it. Yeah, I love you it can so sit much. around, stare at the picture, picture too. Turn your brains into cottage cheese. <laughs> good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Love it. And for me, I will go with uh, Nature Trail to Hell, which is yes. you know near and dear to my heart because not only is it his most metal song. But it is one of his very few, like, horror movie sort of sound. Like, The Night Santa Went Crazy is too. But that's, like, it's very like much a, an night. 80s slasher, uh, you know, movie. It's a fake movie that he's come up with. And, uh, and he's, he's basically doing the trailer for it. And I just, I just love that song. And, like, some of the sound effects in that, like, the, the wolf howls are so fucking funny. Like, I wonder if they're just a person doing the wolf howl or something and then pitch shifted up. I don't know. Like, the, the wolves kill me in that. And the screams at the end when it's just Al and he's just screaming over and over. Oh, my God. I That is one of the only songs that 
every time I hear it, I, I laugh. Like, every single time. So, Nature Trail to Hell, uh, and that's from In 3D. Right? Yes, correct. Yeah, so, in 3D. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the only time he says in 3D on the whole album. Is yep. at the end of that. It's Nature Trail to Hell in 3D. In 3D. And that Very ending cool. is so drawn out. Like you think it's gonna stop, yeah. and then it just keeps. <laughs> going. No, 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 Nature Trail to Hell. Oh, no, no, Nature Trail. And he just keeps We're going. on a motherfucking Nature Trail to Hell. <laughs> That's what it should have been. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, yep. Yeah, um, definitely let us know what you guys think, Retroids. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, you know uh, we'd love to hear what your favorite Weird Al original is. So if uh, <clears throat> if you want to check us out on on Twitter or on Instagram. Or on Facebook, you guys can do it. I'm not gonna list all that crap. You can figure us figure it out. You found us already, and we're we're loving the interactions we're having with you guys online. It's really fun, and you guys are making the show worth doing. So thank you for that very much, and please continue to do so and spread the word. Cause you know we need we need you. We need all your buds too. You know we're we're just we're still just a little fledgling cast. These, uh, these little tentacles haven't quite gotten big enough to spread and fly yet. I don't know if tentacles do that. I don't know much they, about they do, about they stuff. Do name of name of eight bit sex tape. Yes, it's the theme of it. <laughs> when tentacles fly, <laughs> spread their tentacles and fly. Nice. Thank you, Randy Carter. I appreciate that. Um, so anyway, you know <laughs> it, it is. I'm looking at the clock. It is almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, let's go to this. You got your spiked gauntlets, you got your bullet belt, you got your leather jacket and your denim, you got your hairspray, well put them on, cause it's time for another edition of Power to the Metal. How's it going everyone, this is Nintendo, and this is the Power to the Metal segment, where I talk about underground bands that, you know, people who may not know these bands and they've never come to the States or whatever and I think they should because they're that damn good. So the band I I chose today is Iron Savior, which is a power metal band from Hamburg, Germany. They formed in 1996 by producer-engineer, multi-instrumentalist Piet Selleck. I don't think I'm saying his name right. I think it's Silk. I think it's Silk. 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 Kai Hansen from Halloween and Gamma Ray. And... Thalman, 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 formerly of Blind Guardian, and the concept of the project was to blend power metal with science fiction. And you can really hear that in the music too, because the, the the guitar sounds are like totally different. They're very unique, very spacey. Everything and, sounds like a spaceship. Yeah, it's really good. Um, there have been uh, several lineup changes, and the only original member is Pete. And they've released 10 studio albums, two EPs, two singles, and one live album called Live at the Final Frontier. So crazy, 10 albums. Right. And my recommendations is Unification, the album, from 1997. The songs that I enjoy from that album is Starborn, Deadly Sleep, Eye to Eye, and Unchained. So Very cool. That's my pick. Booyah. So really good. Really good band. Check them out. If you're into power metal, if not, then, you know. Probably won't and, like these and guys. And Pete but. is the singer of the band too, and he definitely does not have a typical power metal singing voice. Yeah, it's really He's unique. not high at all. It's really unique. And um, what I liked about earlier Iron Savior is that both Pete and Kai would trade off vocals. Like sometimes they would, they would share lead vocals on a song. Sometimes Kai would have his own song. Pete would have his own song. And the first album had uh, Watcher in the Sky, which Kai Hansen sang lead on, and then was on uh, Gamma Ray's album. Um, somewhere out in space, 
which I, I don't remember right. what year that was, but it must have been the same I year. I think uh, 90, 96, 90, when it was somewhere in space, I was like 98. Okay. I think maybe 97. And so it was like a slightly different version and, and they put it on the Gamma Ray album too. So they were mm-hmm. like, you, you know, really all about it there for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think Kai only played on the first album. Also, uh, he, played, he played on, um, Tolman only played on the first. Yeah. Album. He played on, on the first one. I think Kai played on three. Okay. Gotcha. And then they haven't been the same ever since, but I still enjoy this stuff. Cool. Awesome. Also, there's a um, there's a song by Iron Seaver called "After This War" that was uh, covered by Masterplan, oh, who is random. a really also awesome metal band. Huh? Cool. Awesome. I didn't know that. Hmm. Awesome. Well, then. Good stuff. Iron Savior, check them out, guys, if uh, power metal's your thing, but you think maybe power metal with uh, lower vocals and a science fiction theme might be uh, might be your thing, then check them out. Iron Savior. Pretty Iron cool. Savior. I loved that first album. I was excited when that was coming out because it was like a super group. <clears throat> Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think we're good, right? We're is everybody good. good? We're good. I'm good. Randy, awesome. you good? I'm amazing. You're amazing. Damn I mean, we already knew that. He's amazing now. We already knew that. Um, before we go, uh, you want to promo Swarm of Eyes one more time and uh, set up. You gave me you gave me one more song to play. So can you set that up? And I'm going to play that after we're done talking. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, of course. We recorded a song uh, last minute for a compilation album. Uh, we were given two hours in a studio. It was like a challenge for every band. And we wrote a song uh, the week before It's called Turn Back to Light. And uh, we recorded it for the compilation in two hours, but we will be re-recording and putting it on our next EP uh, later this year, the beginning of next year. So feel free to cue. It's a little bit different. It's got a little funky feel at the beginning with some bass and drums, and it's a nice, short, get-in-and-out song, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Yeah, so definitely stick around after the episode and give it a listen, see if, you, see if it's your thing. And if it is, please check out swarmrevise.com and you know buy Come the merch. Live. Come see them live. The live show is nuts. It's, it's always great, great. You guys are always guys awesome. Are so sweet. I love seeing you guys live, and that's just the truth. Next time, if I come on again, I want to, we want to, we're going to find time to talk about how we know each other and how you saw us play. <clears throat> we'll do that. That's a fun story. Let's see the clip That's a maybe. That's that's a funny a, story. Save some for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mick. Okay, so I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. So if you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Retroidoctopus is part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, so if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like The Old Colony Cast, Bar Talk, and of course, Inebriart as Andy and Fish chat with local artists over a couple of cold ones because they like to do that. For more int- uh, information or to subscribe to us or any of those great shows, please visit inebri-art.com. I've been your host of the moment, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson, a.k.a. Steve of Destruction, though nobody calls me that. And though it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended here, worry not, gentle listener, because we have one more Swarm of Eyes song to play you out. This is Turn Back to Light. <laughs> <laughs>